Hi, episode five. HBO's White Lotus. We're doing season two right now, which is going live. This is episode four. Spencer, what'd you think of episode four? I, I'm cur- I'm going to be curious to hear what you have to say, but I felt like when watching it, this was the perfect balance between what I like about White Lotus and what you like about White Lotus. I really liked this episode. I thought it did it introduced some very interesting new characters that had some fun new dynamics and dramas. It turned on its head some of my impressions and concepts of certain of the characters in a way that White Lotus does so wonderfully episode by episode. So I was engaged. I was, you know, properly properly interested. A lot of my theories are now being very fundamentally challenged about who I think is going to die, who I think is going to survive, and who I never wanted, would want to share a three-hour car ride with. But I'm very much intrigued by the show week to week, and that's only improving. That's different. So you, you continue to surprise me every week. So... I thought this week you would dislike the episode. I thought this would be a no-go for you. It was more traditional White Lotus to me in that mm. it was funny, abs- absurd, funny, over-the-top sexual, over-the-top, like, uh, classist, um, really weird, like, sideways situations the characters are getting in. It was less of that sort of surreal thing that we got in the last episode. Sure. I felt like the writing was a tad different, and it also, like, is... How about this? When you were a kid, did you ever take a, like a soda bottle and stick like a Mentos in it and shake it up? I think every single person did upon realizing or hearing that that might be a thing. So last episode was where you where you kind of drink down the soda a little bit to get a little room in it. Mm-hmm. This episode, they dropped the Mentos in it. And I think the next three episodes, it's just going to fucking explode. You, so you had your setup. You had all the pieces arranged in the board. Now you're just roaring towards an almighty climax. And that may be sexual given this show. That's what I thought. I don't know. It was, it was, I, I, I felt like White Lotus was back. Uh, I, I sexted you that. And I think you, you said, oh, no. you said, yeah, I think that made you dread the episode. But I thought it was much more traditional White Lotus. I'm very happy with where it's going. I think that we are setting up for, uh, like, I, you know, ultimately what I think the show wants to do, like, is from an entertainment perspective, is to be the, oh my God, did you see what happened on White Lotus last yeah. night, water cooler type thing? And I think we're going to get some of those moments in the last three, four episodes. I really do. I, I think three, with the amount of, I think with the amount of tension and potential conflict we've got set up between these characters now, any one of them could die. There's any number of these people that might just shiv another one in the parking lot at this point. I'm not convinced they might not all die, and that Rocco's estimate might have just been lowballing the number of dead guests. Yeah, potentially. Uh, so that's kind of what our initial thoughts are. This is episode we're reviewing episode four of season two of White Lotus. This episode is titled "Into the Sandbox." Mm-hmm. We are going to go through our normal sort of process here for reviewing the episode that we do on enjoy your stay i will lead the recap every week heroically bang bang knocking them out pages and pages and pages of homework and notes that's right i do it for the podcast a podcast professional and spencer will jump in with witty comments anecdotes thoughts maybe maybe a few grumpy statements if we're lucky and then we'll go to best line of the episode i and i alone award best line of the episode spencer however gamely every week professional that he is does supply me with a lot of nominees then we'll go to our segments that i think people are really that really seem to like we're gonna do best and worst vacation partner of the week i have very strong opinions on best vacation partner of the week this week extremely strong and then we will jump to death theories which again is probably our most popular segment that we do here we get a lot of people writing in or commenting their their death theories of who they think um, Valentina and Rocco were talking about in the first 10 minutes of the first episode, which was 
somebody, multiple people are dead. Who are they? So we do our predictions on who they were talking about and who actually died. So that's a that's kind of what we're going to do here. Spencer, anything else before we jump into the recap? I'm excited, man. Get going. So one thing I'll say, though, is that this podcast is like, you don't you have no idea about this, by the way. You you, you just join and talk and then go live what, your life. What is social media again? But the podcast is actually taken off, Spencer. We're getting a, a lot of people listening who probably don't know the Magnum Talks Podcast Network. So we are a podcast network that generally reviews a lot of television shows and movies. If you want to check out any of our stuff, go to MangumTalks.com or in your favorite podcast platform, whatever you're listening to right now, basically. If you're listening through Apple Podcasts, use that. If it's Pocket Cast, use that. Just type in the keywords Mangum Talks, and you will get all of our podcasts. And we've reviewed a lot of really good television shows, I think. We've done a lot of Star Wars stuff. We've reviewed Succession, Ted Lasso, um, a lot of really good television. So check that out if you're enjoying this podcast. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe. I... My promise to all of you, everybody listening, is that if you write a comment on your podcast platform, I will read it and take it to heart. I take everyone to heart. I listen to them because we put this out there because we hope that it can be entertaining to all of you. And uh, yeah, so we like to hear what you have to say. With all that said, I think I, I think the housekeeping's done. I don't think I have anything else. I think we can jump in the recap. So we start with a previously on that includes Greg and Tanya fighting. Shocker. Specifically, the confusion. I, I thought this was interesting. They specifically the called marriages. out the confusion around the number of marriages. See, last episode, you thought that was a throwaway. You were like, oh, well, that's Tanya being Tanya. And I was like, no, he might have slipped and and like mentioned what? the person that he was talking to on the phone to Tanya. I, they might be going that route because of the emphasis on that conversation. I'm going to give you credit there, but I, 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 the fact that they reiterated it, and the, even more pointedly to me, the fact that they left out his explanation in what that they were what they were showing on the prior recap, I, I think you're right. I think this is something we need to keep track of. I think this may be a uh, a brief fracture in the facade, be able to see through the true Greg for a second. Yeah, so then we get Daphne playing game, talking about playing games with Cameron. Cameron and Ethan's Wild Night. I'll be telling Dominique to change. And then we get the intro, which I tell you, Spencer's still a banger. I still watch it every week. I just jam around Four to weeks it. in. We are still a banger. It's so good. It is like probably the most... Like, how about this? Can we award it? The most danceable intro. I think I think the Game of Thrones music is traditionally our favorite. This is the most danceable intro, though, right? Even more so than season one. I mean, I liked season one. It was fine. For some reason, this is just so much better. The visuals help. The visuals are great. But the music itself, I'm jamming out to it every single week. So my question for you, I mean, everybody knows you're a big dancer. Um, Do you actually get up? You really get up in your living room and and dance when you're you're watching this? Uh, I'm more of a sitting, kind of rotating back and forth with, you know, vague hand gestures on the couch. (laughs) But, you know, that, that is how I do. That's the that's the dancing confidence that I know from Spencer right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, then cut to Cameron waking up with me and Lucia are both next to him. So I guess he hooked up with Mia too. That is news. Yeah. I did not necessarily know that from the last episode. Because Mia notably did not hook up hook up with Dominique previously, but from the conversation we hear from her this episode, really does seem like she earned her share of the money this time around. Ah, the, good call out, right? Because last time she said my share, and Lucia's like your share. Mm-hmm. Passed out. You didn't do anything. So first thing Cameron does is get up, start trying to kick him out. <laughs> come on, come on, right come on, wakey, wakey. What a gentleman. And what's interesting is that they're like hours away. Like we learn later in the episode that where those, where the girls, where the women stayed, they're like hours away. Like he's got time to not be a jerk to them. Like really. Well, he does not know when they'll be back at this point. Could right? we call him? 
Yeah, but as far as he knows, they're already outside of him arrived in the hotel. It seems like he's just taking extra precautions here, which is understandable when one wakes up with prostitutes in your arms, I suppose. I'm going to say this. Not that this is the thing that I would do, right? But if if I found myself in that situation, I probably the night before would have said, when do you think you're going to get back? Just, to sort of start playing in the morning a little bit. In fairness, the man was <laughs> very drunk and very high at the time. Probably, ra- I mean, it's camera to load. Rational decision-making doesn't necessarily go hand-in-hand. Hand. You throw a load on top of things, no guarantees. Ethan, who wakes up in another, the different room, uh, wakes up via a phone call from Harper she asked him about sleeping so late, and Ethan's like, "Well, th- that's because I'm t- still drunk. Like yeah. I got very really much super, drunk, super drunk. Doesn't try to hide it really that he he drank. I mean, he's pretty honest with her about the amount that he drank. Uh, he says we just drank all day. Cameron wanted to drink, so yeah, I drank too much. Um, one thing that Ethan does in this entire episode, which I have no patience for, is the my friend made me drink. It's my his hangover. My hangover is his fault. Yeah. It's like." Cameron, Cameron is pushing you into a lot of things you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. I never saw him force alcohol down Ethan's throat. Ethan seemed to willing, but Ethan, I called it out last episode. Remember, you did like at lunch. He had a glass of whiskey. Like Ethan was ready to drink. So I, I don't, I don't buy that one from him. There's many things you can put on Cameron with respect to this last episode. Drinking is not one of them. He was in no. a mood to party. Yeah, yeah uh, Harper explained that she's been abducted. That Daphne planned the whole thing. Harper tells Ethan he sounds weird. And that she'll see him when she gets back. Daphne doesn't seem happy um, with the conversation. Or uh, Harper doesn't seem happy with the conversation. And then Ethan kind of sits there dealing with his hangover. Yeah. It, what do you make of Harper's reaction from that? Is, is it just that Ethan is not... This is a new thing for them? That Ethan's not one to go out and really drink much anymore and go party? Or does she, th- is she already picking up that he's being evasive? That's a good question. I think it's probably a little column A and B, and then also maybe a little of C, which is that she just doesn't like him hanging out with Cameron. Fair. I don't think she, she, she just doesn't. Fair. She doesn't trust alone time with Cameron. She doesn't want him being with Cameron, and and the idea that he was alone with Cameron, which she didn't want to happen, and then he got super drunk and maybe can't remember some of the night is probably concerning to her. And apparently didn't answer her calls either, which probably throws into thing throws things for a certain loop too. But it's like that part. I was like, nah, it, come on, come on. Yes, but it's their relationship. She expects him to answer the phone. Yeah, but Harper has said that it's completely okay to judge other people's relationship based on yours and compare yourself to them. So that's exactly what I'm doing. So, ah. Hypocrisy, thy name is Harper. Gotcha. Come on, accept gotcha, this. Gotcha, Harper. <laughs> Cuts Cameron. Um, he tells Lucia he has 1800 That's all he has now. Now, we know that Dominique paid 3000 right? Yeah. Dominique paid 3000 without buying the Molly. I don't think he bought Molly from her. Not that we saw, no. So Cameron's pretty short here. He said, Lucia's like, you don't have the money? And he's like, I'll get it. Don't worry about it. I'll leave it at an envelope at the front desk. Spencer, my question, do you do you think Cameron's going to actually put the rest of what he owes Lucia, Lucia in an envelope and leave it at the front desk? Obviously not. Dear God, no. Of course not. He's going to deny the existence of these women the moment that they will leave his immediate peripheral sight. My... Follow-up question is, do you think Lucia thinks he will? Yes. Then I do. She, she is seems... very new to this game. She seems like she thinks it. I I, I think, so a couple things, go, I have a couple theories here. One is that 1800 might just be enough for her night. Like, like yeah. 3000 seems like a lot, right? So she, she might be happy with that price. But my second thing going on here, uh, my thinking, is that she believes him completely. And that Cameron in the moment believes he's going to do it. 
but he's ultimately not going to. You know, Out like, of his head you know, immediately. Like one of those guys, you yes. know, who all like always like, yeah, man, we'll definitely do that. Yeah, yeah, let's let's come on, let's let's, and then just never follows through on anything. Yes, that might be Cameron. Uh, question in that regard: um, Have we ever actually gotten a price list from Lucia? No, we don't know what her her real we, prices are. No. I had or what the drugs had cost. Yeah, I had assumed the three K was generous that that included a pretty large tip on top of things. Well, that's how she acted, right? Because she yes. got probably she was like her eyes got really big and she was like three thousand. That's that's amazing, so, right? That doesn't sound like a normal payment. So I agree that she's short. That obviously Cameron's short. They say that he's short. It's hard for us to tell how much though, because I'm expecting Dominique is a very generous tipper. I'm going to say this. Dante very clearly laid out the circles of hell. <laughs> Shorting a prostitute is where? But he missed one. Shorting a prostitute is down there near the where Satan uh, is in, in ice. Like, that's uh, uh, the worst fucking sin in my book, shorting a prostitute. So, like, so, if you do that, don't even don't even get near my property line. I'm so, going to fucking shoot you. So, Satan is chewing on Brutus in this mouth, but at the same time, he's just got his foot on your neck if you shorted a prostitute, too? I think it is the worst sin. I think it's absolutely despicable to short a prostitute. I really do. <laughs> Especially one that's working on her own like this, who doesn't have anything, any guardrails in place to prevent this from happening. It's just a shitty thing to do. It really I, is. Then I'm, sir, I'm very happy to tell you, we've never had this conversation before, but I'm happy to tell you, I have never in my life shorted a prostitute. I'm very proud to say that right now. Shout out, Spencer. You hear that, ladies you. and gentlemen? I'm here Spencer for has never shorted a prostitute. Good, good job, Spencer. I, I um, take pride in these things. So Mia says thanks for fun, which I think is funny. Yeah. Um, she suggests they go lie down somewhere. Good. <laughs> They've had a Val- night. Valentina seems to be walking away and uh, sees them and says, "Like a f- fresh, like a couple of roses." And Lucia <laughs> just sort of sneers at her. Um, Valentina Spitfire, I, you know, I think if it ever came to fisticuffs, I would I'd put my money on Lucia. But uh, man, that was a that was a dig. That was a dig during what um, during a I don't like the term walk of shame. I don't like that at all because it because it, it 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 puts your it put judgment on what the person's doing. Yes. I will say, however, that what that is meant to capture, which is the night after you still have your clothes on, you feel like you need a shower, you're hungover, you're depressed. That's what they're dealing with. Uh, you know, you're, re- you're rereading Lord of the Rings right now. They're on their there and back again. Ah, there and back again. <laughs> Lucia and Mia tail. There and back again. <laughs> well, I am rereading Lord of the Rings. Oh, man, it's so good. It's, uh, I'm so much fun uh, with that. Qu- th- thing to ponder, which we're going to debate with you more going forward. A theory that's passing around on the internet. Valentina was, in a prior life, a prostitute. Whoa, who has that theory? It's a, it's a theory that's circulating on the internet. I read it, read it somewhere. That something, some, something to ponder as we go forward through the episode. I'm curious your thoughts once we get to the end. I just don't believe that. I doesn't that doesn't jive with any. I I my my head for Valentina until somebody tells me differently is that she got this job through uh, nepotism. <laughs> that <laughs> like not the, interpersonal it, skills. No, like somebody who like has an, a managing stake maybe in this white Lotus branch, uh, is like her uncle or something. That's what I believe. Mm. Um, cut to, um, Rocco and Isabella. They're laughing and talking, having a great time. Isabella goes up, um, to her, uh, or Valentina goes up to her 
and uh, starts to talk to her. Valentina then orders Rocco to go deal with some bags. She then tells Isabella, hey, is Rocco making you feel uncomfortable? Is he is he making you feel? Please, please tell me. Please tell me he's making you feel uncomfortable because I don't like you <laughs> laughing with him. I get really jealous. So please, please tell me that. Please, please. Yeah. That's, that's what I heard. It looked great for a second. It looked like, you know, she's they're standing up for a coworker, making sure the coworker's okay. And like a half second, it was like, oh no, she's just in like somebody else chatting up her bay. That's what, whoa, look at you. That is exactly what it is, right? Valentina then says, since men can sometimes be a little intrusive and even mm. aggressive, and it's not good either here at work or elsewhere. If you ever feel in trouble, come to me. Mm. Please. She's right. She's right. I, Men can sometimes be a little intrusive th- th- and even aggressive. This is also this and is, it's not good. This is very true. She also would love if Isabella would come to her in the future. Oh, uh, I see what you did there, Spencer. Oh, uh, Spencer, do you think that Valentina has always had a crush on Isabella? No, I don't. Uh, I she is from what we what we got the last episode. I'm inclined to think that she is such a loner that she is so difficult with other people, particularly men, but other people. That I don't know if she even regarded Isabella as much of anything until Isabella complimented her. And now that she has some human connection and somebody else that has said any nice word about her, she's just fixating. That's kind of my interpretation. What do you think? Same thing. I don't think it even occurred to her to be into Isabella until Isabella said a compliment to her. I think she's it, that devoid of human interaction. It, it's a certain you know, spin on nice guy syndrome. It's a, you know, someone gives you any degree of positive attention, it must be romantic. Cut to Dominic approaching. He says uh, to the, the desk there with Isabella and Valentina, he says he wants to buy a present for his wife today. And I just started dying laughing when he says my wife today because, like, uh... I just wanted it. I wanted pause and I wanted to hear Valentina true serum. Like, what do you really think of this guy? Because he's, he just put, pro, like, a couple days ago, he, he knows this. prostitutes on his room. He's the reason the prostitutes are all over this fucking facility. Now he's like, can you help me buy something nice for my wife? You know, I probably need to tell her sorry. Yeah, what, 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 if, if Valentina had not been distracted by Isabella, I'm picturing her saying, oh, she knows you fucked the girls? Something yeah, like something, that. Something like, but she basically does give, like, kind of her judgment, right? Because she just immediately no. goes, no, I don't know. No, I don't know. And then Isabella, pro that she is, jumps in and says, I got this place. It's very nice, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Isabella, to me, seems like this sort of like all guffaw, happy-go-lucky, like almost like a Winnie the Pooh type. Like, does it quite know what she's getting into? Yeah. Um, and uh, I think it's only going to end bad for Isabella. I don't think it's going to be good. Well, how could it, this point in the episode, how could it end badly that she recommended a jewelry stop and that Valentina hadn't heard of it before and seemed really interested in that? That's just sharing fun information between friends, right? Mm. You, you know, you nailed the you nailed the Valentina thing you did last episode because you were like on that early in that conversation. You're like, oop, I think it's something romantic. And I was like, eh, I don't know what it is. Yep, totally is. You're right. Uh, only one way. Only one sided that we've seen so far. Cuts at breakfast. And Tony is getting a Spencer, uh, to, uh, not Toby, um, Tanya mm-hmm. is getting a Spencer sized portion at the buffet. I mean, it is just sweet treat on sweet treat on sweet treat with a little little smidge of fruit on the side you know know, one thing i hate by the way buffets that only let you bring one plate i want to carry as many plates as i can have in my arms at one time of this food because i want it at my table and i want it now just personal rant so she goes up to get some food uh portia goes portia's with her and portia goes up to get some food and she talks to albie um he's like hey how'd you sleep he's just being a normal guy and she's like i didn't sleep well you should have come in i don't know what i was doing 
that's a strange like because basically what I heard if I'm Albie is yeah I should have had we should have had sex last night but I I don't know why I didn't that is what that Porsche is, is saying lead, right now yeah that's that is leading him on that is absolutely leading what? him on like. It, Come on, Portia. You just said we. I should have had sex with you. Let's hang out today. It keeps going. Yeah, it, it goes on for a while of her saying, "Yeah, we really should have hung out yesterday. We should definitely hang out today." With the definition of hanging out being established a second ago is yeah, in the room having room. sex. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, she she her exact quote is, "I'm sorry, I don't know. Last night was we should definitely hang out today. I just have to, you know, get out of babysitting. It's been a lot." Mm-hmm. I just have to deal with that, and maybe we can plan something after breakfast. Albie's perfectly nice. She's wishes her setting luck. plans for them in the future. This is Albie's totally normal. Yeah, Albie's great. He's like, yeah, yeah, fun. I'm looking forward to spending the day with you. He is already reserving time for her based on explicitly what she is telling him. We'll see where that goes going forward. Cuts a Porsche back at the table. She says she knows she's technically on the clock. Spencer, technically on the clock. Technically. Is there any technically here at all? <laughs> but she'd like to hang out with that guy she met. She goes on to say he's really nice. He went to Stanford, and he's not non-binary, which is kind of funny. <laughs> yep. Almost feel like you need, like, the Seinfeld. Not that there's anything wrong with that at the end of it. Mm. Um, this is, by the way, this is why he cringed when he had to tell her he went to Stanford. Because how many times has she said he went to Stanford since he said that? It, I, I'm By the way, I kind of called that a little bit because I had a whole rant about my friend who went to Harvard and how he has to deal with that shit. Like, it's like when you go to an Ivy, like it feels like when you say it, like people are – I didn't go to an Ivy, by the way. I shouldn't say you or anything. But it seems like when people go to an Ivy and they say it, they become that guy. Like, the Ivy the Stanford guy to her. It, That's all he is. It, I think it's an element of that. I also think she actually doesn't know anything about him. Only times we've, we've really seen the two of them interact together, it's just her talking and ranting. She talks and a lot about herself. She talks a lot about herself. That's I think, true. I think she literally among knows three things about him, and that's why she just keeps repeating them. <laughs> She's never asked. Yeah, she doesn't seem to ask a lot of personal questions. It's a very good point, Spencer. I, I, I don't know. I question for you, though. I mean, it is pretty common for you when you go to work to, like, tell your clients, like, hey, I know I'm technically on the clock, but I uh, – I got to go like, you know, read a book or I got to do it. Like, I mean, it's pretty yeah, common, yeah. right? I, I, just, just bail out of your work day, continue to bill your clients, do all that stuff. I, I, I said that to a jury one time and they were all too happy for me to wish you to walk out and, you know, <laughs> I, 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 there was, there was a two for one special at Denny's and they understood fully. I'm sorry if I sound a hundred years old. I apologize, but she is fucking working. I know this is her job. Like I, you, I, you might not like the job. I, that is totally fine. I'm not sure OSHA would come into this situation and give, put a big check mark next to Tanya's name. What I am saying, however, is that she is working and she's treating this like a personal vacation. This is very much a sign of immaturity in my mind of where this isn't a pleasure trip. This isn't a vacation. This is nothing about you. Your boss has paid you to accompany her on a trip. You're working regardless of what she's doing. You're getting paid for every second you're here, presumably. This is a job. You have expectations attached to you. If your boss is so nice as to give you free time associated with that, great. Otherwise, it's a nine to five at minimum. Yeah, like we both we both travel for work sometimes. Yeah. And when we do, sometimes it can impact the podcast or us hanging out or whatever. Like, it's to be expected. For, for both of us, it's always a, I got all this shit to do. Yes, I'm in D.C. this week, mm-hmm. right? But I got all the shit to do. I'll talk to you at 8 or yeah, some shit, it, right? Like, that's how it, how it works. She's just, like, 
can I just have the day to fuck around? And it's like, what? Yeah, she paid. It's not like a normal. By the way, it's also not a normal like personal time off request, PTO request. It's not yeah. normal because you've been flown here. So she's got the sunk cost of flying you here already. If you take the week off, then she's just out the what? travel cost. And it's even more so. Her husband's left. The reason yeah. that it's even more that you are needed and on the clock here. And obviously she's not going to let you go. It's like Portia's perspective of her job is I will be around you for the 30 minutes that are convenient for me. And for the other 23 and a half hours of the day, I'll do what I want because that's what the balance should be. It's like, I don't think you get how this works really, but you know how work is involved and labor for earning money. Also, if we're going to rant about the kids for a minute, what are Portia and Mia wearing this episode? It feels like this it's this weird kaleidoscope of 90s colors that they're just kind of throwing on each other throughout most of it. So it's my understanding um, that 90s clothes are back in, right? Because, like, Portia also is dressing in the 90s style, although she's dressing like a 90s guy. Um, I heard someone describe it as uh, very much 90s Adam Sandler. It's like, yeah, yeah, that that is what that kind of looks like, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. She yeah, that's that's apparently back in right. But I I don't know. I Good. rant over about Portia. I know we sound a million years old, but it's just we like are. she is working. Like, sorry. Uh, anyway, um, she goes on to talk about herself some more. Shocker, Spencer. I know you probably didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. She says she messes everything up. I feel like if I won the lottery, I'd throw away the ticket, and I feel like I should give him a chance. I mean, that's really where all romance starts, right? Like, I I. In order to not mess my life up, I feel like I've got to give this guy a chance I don't like. Yeah. Getting into a relationship for the purpose of I need to improve myself, and so I guess you represent that and it'll do. Not the best kind of portend of good events. It's not good. Cut to uh, Tanya, who is staring at her with a completely blank face, Uh and then just goes, I don't know what's going on with Greg, but I think it's (laughs) bullshit. Didn't listen to a word. Didn't hear a single fucking word Portia put in. Is there a point that she tuned out or was she just never in all engaged in the conversation? Never at all engaged. That's Tanya for you. I think with Tanya, you have to, you literally have to look at her and say, Tanya, are you listening to me? Snap, snap, snap. Yep. Are you listening and make her say yes. And then you can talk. You you know what you do? If you've got something important like a PTO request. You know know what you should do? Just always have Oreo cake. Just always have some Oreo cake on you so you can just bring it out in front of her. You know it's no bake. I mean, it's not hard. Yeah. You can probably do it in your hotel hotel um, refrigerator. Uh, again, if she cared about her job, she would just have Oreo cake on hand. Just in a little Tupperware that she can bring out when her boss needs it. This is See, this is why you would excel at this job. So cut to two men walking by Tanya. At, this is when they're leaving breakfast. And one stops to tell her that she is so chic. Oh, my God. She's so chic. All the women look like they're going to a funeral on the beach. But you think, <laughs> thank God you are here, Tanya. You look gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Mateo is one of them. New favorite characters, Mateo. Shout out. I have said I'm multiple more, times in this I'm podcast. I'm more Quentin, actually. It, I'm Mateo all the way. Like, so it, I've said multiple times in this podcast, it seemed to me that, that Bert was the only person having a good time. Take it back. Bert and Mateo are having a good time. Mateo always having fun. This is fair. I was going to say, oh, well, Quentin. Like, no, Quentin is not having anywhere near the same fun time that Mateo is having on this trip. Mateo is finding ways to enjoy every moment of his life and also others. Uh, Quentin is the other and Quentin invites her to the beach. Quentin's a talker of the group. Yes. And he invites her to the beach club, tells her to come have a cocktail, have a cocktail with us. Oh, indeed. Let me say, he makes it sound, make it sound so like singular and fancy. Like just have, just come have one. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, they mentioned they have a boat and they live local. Uh, I, I'll tell you this. 
I would hang out with these people because when they say I'm local, A, I always like to hang out with locals wherever I go. Mm. And B is they have a boat. Like I'm all in. And uh, uh, they invite her to come to the beach club. And she goes and they say, we'll save you two chairs. Uh, based on our data point of Jack, uh, how much casual sexual harassment would you be willing to tolerate for a fun afternoon with these guys? <laughs> He's pondering, 25%, 25% of my time. 25, 25% of your total time, you are okay with grab ass. Okay. It's, an, it's a nice beach club. So, uh, uh, yeah, cut yeah. To, by the way, just me, by the way. I'm not speaking for anybody else. That was just an answer for me. He was um, seriously like staring off pondering what percent of the time would be I was trying to do some math here. Yeah. Cut to Lucia and Mia. Lucia looks up. I feel like shit. I can't keep living like this. So this is the moment that I think you have been waiting for, Spencer, which was the... Her kind of talking about her lifestyle and if this is really what she wants to be doing and it like making it real, right? Because yes. up until now, in the first three episodes, I feel like she has been in full party mode. And I think that you, you definitely, by some of your comments in this podcast, but I also suspected there's something else underneath, right? We're starting to get that. And it, it's interesting to see these two, essentially, they're at the same point, but they're now headed in fundamentally different directions, at least for this episode of where... Lucia is very much, what am I doing? Yep. Full of regrets. This is, I, I want, I had an end goal and I thought this life would be a, you know, a cushy, a cushy, glamorous, romantic way to do it. And now she's seeing kind of the, you know, seedy underside of, th of it through Cameron, who's a star at showing you the seedy underside of all things. Meanwhile, Mia, how would you describe Mia's mindset that we see this episode starting in this scene? Well, first off, it's hilarious because I think I've seen this. I've seen this so many times on partying and drinking escapades where one person wakes up the next Regret. morning and has that weird depressive feeling. Yes. And the other person is not in that mode and doesn't want to hear that shit. And Mia is like, I don't want like she doesn't want to hear this crap from Lucia right now. Like, why, not at all. Why did we do this versus why did we stop? Yeah, Lucy's like, forgive me, I'm a bad influence. I don't want to uh, be alone, so I drag you into my shame. And now we're both going to be punished. And Mia's like, punished? What are you talking about? Lucia's like, well, all whores will be punished. Mia waves that off, like complete, whatever. And she says, no one is getting punished. Mia accurately calls out that it's just the drugs from last night talking. I do believe a lot of that yeah, is going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mia mentions that it's nice having sex with a guy and knowing exactly what it is and what it isn't. Now... That might sound like a strange line, but like, let's go back to episode one where Mia is getting over a breakup, right? Yeah. And it's a breakup that seems to continue to be on again, off again, where she not, doesn't quite where know where she stands we? with the what guy. Mean? Yeah. They both have talked about how attractive Cameron is. It seems like she liked the transactional nature of the evening. I don't know. I, you know, if, if, if it, if it worked for her, kudos for her. I think it's very clear that Mia is not in the same headspace right now, though. And I don't think it's just the drugs. Drugs are helping. Drugs are helping. A certain yeah. heavy dose of Catholic guilt also helping. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know what that breakdown is. Right? It's certainly two components. Right? I, I think it's the majority of the drugs, though. Uh, uh, Lucia then says, uh, "Everyone knows what we do." And Mia goes, "Virgin Mary, relax. Since <laughs> when do you care like what people life. think?" Which is a good question. And they see Bert now be walking up. Bert mentions it's Mount Etna. Shout out to Spencer. Mm -hmm. you, you knew it was Mount Etna. You said this on this podcast. Um, Spencer, good work for that. Uh, in the background, uh, Bert is saying he wants to go check it out, right? Again, I will implore everybody to watch this show with the subtitles because there's a lot of background conversation that is very Take interesting Bert, that, you'll miss with, yeah, that you'll miss without it, right? Um, Albie tries to get out of it. This is the background conversation you wouldn't get if you didn't have the subtitles on. Albie tries to get out of going to the volcano with Bert, right? He sp Albie, I like Albie. 
But he spends the entire episode trying to get away from his family. Yes, he does. Like, the whole – he doesn't want to do lunch. He doesn't want to do dinner. He doesn't want to go to the volcano. He wants to get completely away from them, right? He's embarrassed by them. We, we had him get called out with that with respect in the last episode. I think Bert was right on that. Um, so Bert just basically waves him off. So come on, we're going, right? All right. So me and Lucia hear this, and they decide to go to Bert's room to change. In theory, an okay idea because they know they're going to look at the mountain, right? Not, not too bad. Mm-hmm. In the background, you can hear Bert and Albie sort of arguing about going. Albie says he just ate. Bert counters that maybe they can get a drink on the way. I mean, this is a this is this resort is something else. I mean, every single person here is drinking a morning, noon, and night. It's it's pretty pretty funny. Can we also agree? Is it just me or is Bert the only person who actually realizes they're on vacation? Well, he's the only well, one putting plants. Mateo, Mateo, he, he understands. Well, we just met him. I want to see more, but yes, Mateo has hopes. Yeah, but Bert, Bert is. That's why he won Best Vacation Partner of the Week last week because he I seems to, and he does it this episode. He's going to have fun. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like there's a super awkward conversation between Dominique and Albie at at dinner and and or at lunch. I think and Albie gets up and like actually he's so angry he gets up and leaves. And Bert literally just goes, "Ah, it'll be fine." Hey, honey, come over here. I got ready to order my lunch. Like that guy's gonna have fun. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So off Mia and Lucia go. Um, cut to Cameron. He goes to Ethan's room and he lays down in his bed. Now. This is the most relatable part of their relationship that I've seen. The bro code the two, No, no, no. The two guys after the night of heavy drinking who are just laying on the bed, go at like moaning oh, oh. and like making kind of yes. jokes back and forth. And one might go, hey, let me get you a beer as a joke. Or like, you know, like they, they did some like uh, heterosexual or homosexual jokes or whatever yes. to each other. That thing of the two guys the morning after sitting in their hangover, that that happens. That is a real thing. Very much so. And if they can have two Krispy Kreme donuts with various meat put between them, they'll feel much better off. Oh, I'm glad you brought this up on the podcast. This this is my hangover fix for all of my it friends. Works. The morning after, I get Krispy Kreme donuts, slice it in half, uh, grill some like scrapple or bacon or something with some cheese. I feed it to everybody. Boom, we're ready to go again. You know what we're like? We're like Ethan. After he goes in the bathroom, slaps his face and goes, "Okay, I'm ready to rally." That's what the Krispy Kreme does for you. It, it, between with that amount of sugar and that amount of fat, alcohol has no chance. It is just soaked up. Ethan then tells Cameron it's all his fault. This is the, the crap I don't like. Blaming somebody else for your drinking. Uh, Cameron says, "Come on, we had fun, right?" And then Cameron says, "Bro code." So there we translate. Go. Uh, translate is don't tell anyone I have sex. I had sex with sex workers last night. That's basically what bro code means here. It means I cheated on my wife. You saw that. And, uh, I don't want you to tell anybody. Now, Ethan agrees. I think that's a very important point because later on he clearly leaves out the, the sex workers when talking to his wife. Yes. And I think one read on that situation is that he had promised Cameron he wouldn't say anything. Yeah, I think I think it has at least two elements. One, he promised Cameron, and he's trying to be bros with this guy right now. It, honestly, the banter they have this episode almost kind of seems to indicate that they are starting to fall into the same group of being friends again, which is interesting. But how can he – my question for you, though, is how the fuck can Ethan do this? slip into this like me and him are just bros and we're just laying around in our hangover and we're just best friends when he knows he's only invited on the fucking trip to invest money he even says it to his wife later i know i don't know how i don't know how he doesn't mentally check out of the trip is what i'm saying i know but he almost acts like he's having more fun now in terms of how he's bantering with him point number two though he was there he was present and would have to explain some of his own involvement so i think there's also a certain element of not would you get into that would you, would you like, if that, you found yourself in that situation, 
would you the next what would what would be your move? Would the next morning would you be like, hey honey, uh, hey, honey I, I hate to tell you, yes, I hate to tell you this, yeah. or would you do the like ah, I don't know like because you know because like he didn't cheat right? So I do think there's a way to mentally compartmentalize that and say, well, I didn't cheat. There's no reason for me to mention this. I, I would. Be, I think some people can talk themselves into that. I I, I full, full up immediate. Moment she gets in the room, ask how she did her, her ask how her day was, and then immediately go into it. Just no no secrets, nothing barred, just into it. That's my default. I hate keeping secrets in a way that are just little minefields waiting to go forward. And this definitely feels in the category of, oh, so you talk with da- talk with Daphne about him cheating. Let's discuss my evening. But that's how you are in a relationship, right? Because yes. with your with your friends, you keep all kinds of secrets. Like I, I have no, I don't well, really know fuck, that much fuck about you. Yeah. Fuck y'all, yeah. yeah but mystery, with your, you know, relationship, yeah, it's a very clear distinction. I think I would too, and I know we sound like two like guys talking about how great we are, but I, I think my reaction would have been like, Sarah, can you believe he actually fucked her right here in this room? Like I would what? be like, what? like I'd want her like in the foxhole with me to be like, can you believe what this crazy son bitch just did? Like I would want to, I would be so ready to like talk it out with her that I do think I would talk about question on that one by the way because I was debating that with somebody else did he fuck them in Ethan's room or his own room because I thought Ethan had to go through the door to Cameron's room to get to them so I think that that is a astute question about why there's a condom wrapper on Ethan's couch this is why I'm bringing this up because of one little off detail at a hand gesture that we get when Ethan runs to the bathroom right here. And I'm curious your thoughts. I think, I thought that they started in Cam- in Ethan's room and then went to Cameron's room. I thought that he was having sex on Ethan's couch. I thought he was having sex on Cameron's couch, but I'm not sure. Cause I, I remember it seems like it was door. Ethan's, it was Ethan's bathroom that he was sitting half in and half out while Cameron was having sex. It's not clear because they may have just opened the door and he had just full access in between the rooms because he was at least in his own room alone for a minute with Cameron and the girls, you know, banging on the interior separation door kind of thing. Reason I asked... And then they came in. I thought then Ethan went in. But I don't know. I'm not clear. Either way it could work. One of the things I noted though is that when Ethan runs runs to the bathroom, it looks like Cameron has something in his hand. It, when, when Ethan's around the bathroom, it looks like Cameron's hand is closed weird in a way he's like... So it might be a something. condom. It, I, I'm questioning is that if, if it wasn't there by accident, did Cameron plant the damn thing? Eh, I don't know about... Uh, yeah, that, I guess, I don't know, man. I, I, I think that... I think the easy... I think this is Occam's razor. I think the easiest answer is that he was on... Ethan, I mean, you know what? Shout out to us for having a problem with this. They're fucking hotel rooms. They look exactly alike. So this is not correct. Yes, it's not our fault that we can't figure that out, right? Um, But I think the easiest answer is that he was having sex on because we we got a couch scene. Then we saw the condom wrapper on a couch. I think that's the easiest answer. But part of the reason uh, part of the reason for authenticity, I'm I'm pondering this, is that that couch would reek of sex the next day. Harper would be able to pre. Also, because you know Ethan didn't let the maid in the room later either. Yeah, I don't know about the smell thing. I, I that that's that's tough. Um, so they, um, they then there's, there's some homoerotic jokes between the two of them. Yes, might might offend some people. I I, I don't know if it does. I'm, I'm not telling you you shouldn't be offended. Uh, I am saying that this is the type of banter that sometimes straight men will have with each other, and and it, maybe it is long term detrimental, right? Because it's a, it's like saying, 
like sex, homo, gay sex is bad somehow. Maybe I don't know. Well, uh, sometimes it, there is that connotation to it, so I don't. I don't. I'm kind of. I kind of hesitate with really co-signing this too much, but it is something that happens. What, whatever value you want to sign it, fine, perfectly. Is it authentic for guys that went to college together from about the the 2004 2005 period? Yes. Enough said. So regardless of the homoerotic jokes, they both seem incredibly hungover and beat up. Ethan then gets up to throw up. Cameron just kind of laughs and says, you okay, buddy? Um, (laughs) No. uh, There's 500 nights in my past where this Mm -hmm. type of thing has occurred. I don't know. I don't know what number, but it it happened a lot. Uh, Cut to a beautiful shot of the estates that Daphne and Harper are staying at. Daphne, they're at breakfast. And she says, so I was really high last night. I said, Couple things I hope can stay between us. Harper gamely says, You didn't say anything. So shut up, Harper. Mm. What a good answer. Hey, Spencer, that thing I told you, what thing? That's the perfect answer. Daphne goes on to explain that she had trouble keeping girlfriends. Sometimes you know how girls are. They pretend they want to be your friend, but really they just want to get something out of you. And they talk shit, stab you in the back. Okay. Poor dear. Uh, Daphne, yeah, that, that sounds like, sounds very loaded. Like a, it sounds like you're talking about a specific situation. Uh, Daphne then asks Harper if she can trust her and Harper after a pause and screwing her face all up says yes. Daphne then says, plus you don't know anybody, which when the line hit in my house, there was this sort of like, 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 oh wow, that was like rude. It really wasn't a rude thing to say. Like what she, like, she was just saying, you don't have the same friends I do. So like, if you, if you go tell my secrets to your best friends, I don't know them. It's not as big a deal. That's not a particularly offensive thing to say, I didn't think. Yeah, I, I saw some people interpreting it as being, oh my God, what an offensive thing to say. And that, uh, that what her explanation after, afterwards was just cover. And I was watching it going, no, I think that was legitimately what she meant. I did not view that as particularly offensive in any way. And neither. Cut to Lucia in the room. Uh, she's in Bert's room now. She's his father, son, holy ghost thing. Lucia then sees, sees Mia still getting ready. Still in like a towel, like just blow dry on her hair. And she's like, get the, hurry up. They're not going to be at Mount Etna forever. Bert and Albie are walking back. Um, Albie tells Bert that Portia is going to the beach club and he wants to meet her there. Bert offers to go meet them for lunch. Take note of that. Bert says, we'll go, we'll go meet you for lunch. And Albie goes, no. He shakes him off. Mm-hmm. He says, I don't want to have lunch with you at the beach club. Bert's like, you, I don't get it. You want to have lunch? He says, let's just play it by ear, which by the way, Spencer always means that. I would like you to, I'd like you to translate. Please, yes. If you and I, you and I are on a vacation together and, uh, and I say, Hey, well, you want to do blah, blah, blah. And you say, let's play it by ear. It, Go ahead and translate for the audience. What are you telling me? Fuck off. I want to do my own thing. Pretty much. Yes. Pretty much. <laughs> That's about what it is. I, I need you <laughs> to get scarce for until I want to see you again. Thanks. Bye. See, that's another thing. These people don't read social cues. I mean, I'm breaking new ground. People on White Lotus don't read social cues. Though. But like, I, I, if I heard let's play it by ear, I would go, I am not asking that person to do another thing with me. They're going to have to yeah. ask me. The next thing we do together, they're going to have to ask me. Very much that. And I almost interpret Bert as understanding that because he just kind of shrugs and says, yeah, all right. It's like, fine, you do your thing. But he doesn't. He does. He goes to lunch later. He goes there well, and gets them a table. He's going to lunch. Of course he's going to lunch. He wanted lunch. And Halby was but visibly he still the be- in the area. He goes, he goes to the beach club. This is my point. Like, I, I'll, I'll rant on this when we get there. Bert then walks in on a topless Mia. He apologizes. Wrong room, wrong room. Clearly not wrong room because his guard worked. Uh, Mia and Lucia play it off like the pros that they are laughing and they leave. And then Piccolo by Pic- Piccolo Piccolo by Robertino is playing, which is a really good song. I, I know that song. I, I've actually found this a kind of cute scene because Bert's remark, as much as, we, much as we were bashing him for being a very aggressive, almost harassing flirt, He's remarkably polite and just caught off guard by this. 
You just turn so to leer he... for a second. You say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Rogue One covers his eyes and turns around. If you're Mia, and this has to ha- this has to happen, right? You got you have to be in someone else's room, and you have to be topless when they walk in. Is there anybody that you'd prefer it happen to other than Bert? I feel like he's the perfect guy for this situation because he's not going to tell the front desk. He's not going to get mad. He's, not- he's just going to go, my bad, my bad, and then let it go. Yes, good call. Actually, very good call. Also, we're going to talk about Mia for a second. Who, like, you know, starts blow-drying their own hair in somebody else's room when you know they're coming back? It's like, she is taking her own sweet-ass time in that room getting changed right then and there. I don't think Mia gave a fuck that he came in. I think that no. she was willing to run it right up to the line, because I don't think, I think she, she she's met Bert. She knew it's Bert's room. I don't think she was very concerned with Bert walking in. And, like, she certainly didn't seem concerned that Bert saw her topless. I mean, Not she just sort of giggled about it. So I, I, I think she was, like, playing fast and loose with the line. Good call. Good call. Cut to Tanya Porsche arriving at the beach club. i got to tell you. got to tell you, Spencer. Beach club looks pretty awesome. I would go to this beach club. I would be invited by gay guys to this beach club. It's on a Florida. Did you see that? No, I didn't actually. It's on a peninsula. It's on a fucking little jut out peninsula. I did. Actually, yeah, I did notice that. Lovely place. Lovely place. We'd go there in a heartbeat. I was really, really impressed Two by cocktails? It. Quentin. Yeah, apparently. You get started early. Quentin uh, tells Tanya how to get up to the deck, which is hilarious. I love the little moments. Yes. Tanya doesn't know how to get... She's socially awkward enough. She doesn't know how to wa- walk up the right way. Quentin has to say, no, no, you're going the wrong way. Come up here. That's something they could have easily left out. But it's so it's so Tanya to, to be confused about where to walk. Good call. Yeah, very much so. Uh, they arrive and Quentin says, sorry, I'm already drunk, which like, so in my drinking days, if I was already drunk at 10 or 11, I would be trying to like hide that from you. And the fact that he just like the first thing out of his mouth is sorry, already drunk. What? Fucking floored me. Sarah and I were just laughing hysterically at that line. We thought that was really funny. Quentin, they seem to be going for a certain trope of like, you know, the always debaucherous nobility. Of where he's, this is just the way he lives his life and probably has for decades now. Of where it's not that he is already drunk, it's that he never stopped being drunk for maybe the last 24 years. Seems that way. Um, but he, he's no shame, no shame in the game. Um, he introduces her to the rest of his friends group. Uh, that's Hugo and Didier. And they say hello. And Mateo goes to get Tanya a rose. Shout out to Tanya. If she's going to be forced to drink before noon, she at least gets a semi-time-appropriate drink, which is a, a light wine, a yes. rosé. So, yeah, good for her. Then Quentin introduces her to his naughty nephew, Jack, whose accent does crack me up. Uh, I know we're playing uh, England in the World Cup on Friday. So um, England is against, we're, I'm, I'm against England this week, Spencer. I, I'm off England. I don't like England at all. Fuck England. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't like England. Uh, kind of like the hot towers. Fuck the hot towers. Don't like the hot towers. Very much that category. Fucking Lindell. Yeah. Still, t- I, I, I'm charmed by this fucking accent. Am I just that stupid that I'm that? I, I, I find this guy charming. It's interesting too. His accent is. There seem to be leaning into his accent is like you know not upper crust. It's much more working class wow. kind of accent. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting that he is. It's like pre Grammy Adele. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> pre Grammy Adele. Wonderful way of putting that. Uh, Question. Do we have any reason to doubt that he is actually Quentin's nephew? No. We don't. Not that I... But it's interesting how night and day different their respective accents are if they're from the same family. That's true. This isn't just regional. This is like different... uh, This is different class level accents they're playing with here. 
But I mean, you know, like if it's his, if it's his nephew, right? Then then Jack's dad is Quentin's brother. Yeah. Now brothers can very much be in different social stratus. Yeah. Like what one can make a lot of money, one can't. Like one can live upside town, one can live across the tracks. Like that's that's pretty pretty common. I don't know. Like maybe 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 he isn't. I don't know why they lie about it because it doesn't matter. And then second thing is he does seem to have some info about the house in Palermo, which does seem to sort of jive with what Quentin he tells He certainly Tanya runs with them, no question. Yeah. So he says he's from Essex. Um, we don't like Essex around here because we're about to beat him in the World Cup. Uh, <laughs> he says he's been there two months. Two months, Spencer. That's a trip right there. I don't think it's a trip. I think he just lives there now. Well, <clears> I, uh, I, Porsche... I think Quentin lives there, and I think uh, Jack is now enjoying that. <laughs> Portia describes uh, that is amazing, but Jack says, it's okay if you don't mind a bunch of gay guys grabbing your arse. This your was arse my question earlier. Uh, Portia is so charmed by this guy, by the way. Uh, she is just grinning ear to ear the whole time he's talking, and you can contrast that very clearly with how she just, how her face looks when she's talking to Albie, which is just frozen. Well, it's, it's interesting, too, because he, other than not being Italian, which is a big other, but... He is every little checkbox that she made about what she's looking for from this yeah, trip. He sure. is the hookup that she wanted. He is pretty. He is strong. He can throw her around. He can give her the uh, some fun and excitement and adventure. This is everything that she went into this looking for. And she's immediately smitten by it. Loves it. He explains... Uh... She's like, well, do you mind these guys copping a feel, basically? And he's like, no, but these guys get pissed, which means drunk in yes. Britain. And uh, some of them are really fucking strong as well. So I guess he's had to, like, tussle with a few of them, which is sort of, like, he, not a great thing. Yeah, he's just laughing off what is that we're progressing past sexual harassment to sexual assault. And you're just kind of making this a fun little bonding moment between another character. He seems to not give a fuck. I don't know. Uh, they have these parties, and the only women they invite are old rich hags. And I... Boo at my screen, like boo! How dare you talk about Tanya like that, um, dude? Come on. And he says, Just, uh, "Hag, fine. Don't, don't don't use that label. No, I don't like, like that word. She is fitting into the trope that they're going for in terms of who they're inviting to their parties. Of course, it, of course. But Tanya is also a wonderful, also person. lovely. Uh, he says, "I mean, like you, like they're that. And, uh, you know, I, I this this is Portia. She's like, I didn't come to Sicily, or no, this is uh, sorry, this is Jack. He says, um." Like you, basically, you would be like the only young woman to ever come to this place, right? And he says um, that he kind of likes that because he didn't come to Sicily to have tea with old ladies. Mm. So Portia then lashes onto that. She says she was wishing Sicily would be more of an adventure, but so far it's just been soul crushing. Spencer, have you seen anything that has occurred this trip that should be described as soul crushing? Only within her own head. I'm like, what has happened? Like, literally, put it on paper, Portia. What has happened to you? To, to earn the moniker soul crushing. Disappointment is it. That's it. Her, 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 her trip has been soul crushing because it isn't what she wanted it to be. Yeah, right. That's it. It's not what it is. It's what it isn't. Yes. Soul crushing. Because it, what it is has not been particularly bad so far that I can tell. Just the buffets alone would make me very happy. Jack then says, well, then if you want an adventure, stick with me. I always find, I always have fun in the sandbox, if you know what I mean. Which and Portia says, I don't doesn't. really know what you mean. Um, soft music plays. Um, got a theory. So ride with me here. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Portia likes this guy. I think she's into him. Uh, sir, you going out on a limb with these theories. I just, I don't even know how you were okay with being wrong. Shout out to me. So Shout out to me. 
Show it to me for taking a risk. I, I really am angry with myself that I taught you what shipping was. Because now you're just shipping the most random of characters every time. This is practically just a cargo ship you're going with here, and here we are. The actress is playing it well because she's doing that sort of like she's blown oh, she's back. So she's it. so she's like she's so invested in his charisma that she literally like her shoulders go back and she's like taken aback with a just just stupid shit and grin on her face the whole time. Like it, it's perfectly acted. It is, and you know, I will give credit because we've had such inept flirting throughout the entirety of the show. Two of them actually know how to flirt with each other throughout their scenes together. It's delightful to see this kind of change of pace. So I'm going to say this. I don't think there is any actual, like, real sexual interaction between Cameron and Ethan. I don't think that. You're not, not none going forward, you mean? I don't think they ever have, and I don't think they ever will. Okay. I don't think that's a thing. But I do think they're playing on it a little bit in the show. Sure. Because Mateo has a conversation with a guy where he says, hey, how much do you work out? Right? And exact same fucking not conversation. 25 minutes later, Cameron, and it's very clear that Mateo is hitting on this guy. And 25 minutes later, Cameron is saying, oh man, you're so jacked. Like, what do you do to work out? Like they, I think they're playing with that, with the writing a little bit. I, I think, uh, I think the show is kind of playing into the fact that a lot of close guy relationships or relationships like that can kind of be certainly, what's the term? Homosocial in terms of how they interact with each other. And yeah, they may be playing off that to a certain degree, but at the same time, we talked last episode that among the people that Cameron was kissing, Ethan was a lot of that. Yeah, he was kissing him a lot, but I, I, I don't think they actually have that relationship, but I, I, they, they're, they clearly want you talking about it, right? Yes. Um, so Mateo tells this guy um, that they have a house in Palermo that has a great gym, and he should come work out there. Go to Palermo. Come on, Spence, you got to go to Palermo. Got to go to Palermo. It's there. Got to. Rude not to. On the boat. Indeed. On the boat. So... Tanya tells, uh, no, but then we have Quentin who playfully scolds Mateo. Here's my question for you after that playful scolding. Are Quentin and Mateo ostensibly supposed to be a couple? Yes. Uh, and so when Mateo's flirting with the guy, Quentin, who by the way doesn't give a fuck. Oh, you it, like makes a joke about Stop it. Stop it. Yes. It, it, th- this seems to be the relationship of officially they're together, but it's the kind of relationship where they cohabit and just enjoy their dalliances elsewhere. Their what? Dalliances. Nice word. Thank you. Heck of a word for the podcast. Five dollars. They're dalliances. Uh, Tanya tells Quentin that the place is just so beautiful. Tanya asks about this small island they can see, and Quentin says, well, Isola Bella. Isola Bella. That's what it is. Isola Bella. There you go. I got there eventually. I think there's a story. He said there's a story. There's a story attached to the island. There, on that house, was owned by a wealthy Swedish family. (laughs) Those immigrants. Those immigrants. Don't know. Good Lord. And the old matriarch was the last one living in it. And by the way, when you're watching it on on uh, subtitles, it literally says mysterious music. Yeah, as we start to do a beautiful aerial shot over this kind of ruined structure on the island. And there are these powerful local investors, if you know what I mean. I didn't know what he meant. Then, I know, I know now, but Mafia, didn't, right? at Midway, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who wanted the house, wanted the island. The old axe would not budge. They made her all kinds of offers, and one day... Found her sleeping with the fishes. Found her sleeping with the fishes, Spencer. She was found in a heap at the bottom of the rocks. Uh, but, you know, net positive. People can visit now. I, Quentin is so cutthroat, man. So <laughs> cut to the wave. Like, but they, they do they do so many beautiful cuts in this episode. So they, they do cut to waves crashing against the rocks right mm-hmm. then, which I thought was really, really great. Tanya seems really worked up by this. Why? Because Tanya's a child. She goes, they killed her? She, uh, campfire stories are going to get to Tanya. Oh, if yeah. she's listening. You have to make sure she's listening. That's very important. Um, Rosé suggests... or, sorry, 
Oreo cake or rosé. I should have broadened the options there. Yeah, that that would be that's what you bring to your date with Tanya. Rosé, <laughs> uh, no Oreo bake, cake. hey, no bake Oreo cake and a rosé. I'm mocking I'd be down. Rosé and Oreo cake sounds like a fun evening. <laughs> so Quentin, Quentin suggests they go see it. He's like, you're only here with your assistant, right? She goes, no, I was here with my husband, but he left. And this is where Quentin starts to get a little manipulative, right? Because he's like, he left you here? Like, I mean, that's – Quentin is obviously gay, does not want to sleep with Tanya. But he, what yeah. he does want is Tanya's attention and maybe money eventually. That's a that's a, that's a a move, by the way, that like guys who are trying to creep on your, your, your significant other will do, right? Yeah. Like if you leave the room, your significant other is still there and the guy goes – the first thing I they phrase it this way. Why would he leave you? He, he, oh, he left you. He left. Why me. would he leave you? I don't understand why someone would leave you here. He would leave a pretty woman all alone. <sighs> yeah. It's that type of shit. Right? So then he says, look, I need to know why he left you. Tell me everything from the beginning. Literal Tanya. Well, I was born in San Francisco. <laughs> oh, from the very beginning. <laughs> I love that exchange. It's like, I love how Quentin also just rolls with it too. It's like from the beginning, obviously it's like, from the moment he said he was going to leave, and she goes, well, 50, 60 years ago. It's like, okay, I'm in for this. Yeah, he does. He sits back, right? Cut to uh, Harper and Daphne getting ready. Or no, getting back. They're, they're getting back to the resort. And Harper, if you notice, little little thing here. Harper learned the name of the driver. True. Francisco. Had noticed that, yeah. Daphne did not. Daphne just goes by. I like that. I like that, right? Because they, they kind of talk about how they how they both view the world in the first three episodes and where, what clo- like social class they think that they're in. Right. Mm-hmm. Because dad, it's clear to me that Harper does not think she's in a higher social class than Francesco. It, Daphne does. It also, it also lines in well with her chosen work profession. She's a labor attorney. She's running with people. that are just, you know, in the streets doing their jobs all the time. Anyway, this is, our, this is part of her social circle. She wouldn't view it at all weird to, you know, talk, talk and chat with the guy. Absolutely frivolous lawsuits. They should cha- completely change that part of the law. I mean, it's just it's just messing up the court dockets yeah. left and right. You agree, right? Spencer, Spencer agrees. I'm, I'm interfering with my business on a daily basis. You've got to make these things go away, you know? God, Cameron. Cameron's the worst, isn't he? That's, that's literally, literally what he says when he learns that she's in employment law. Like, uh, I, He really starts behind the curve. And, and just had no qualms whatsoever to say that to her face, not caring a bit how she's obviously going to react. Yeah, and but then put it through the context of we know that this is at least in part a work trip for him. Is he, he might not be as good as his job as we think he is, right? Because he immediately insults the wife of the person he's trying to get invested from, right? Like that's that's not that's not good for him on a work trip. I also think in terms of interacting with women, he's probably stopped emotionally aging at about the point of negging, and so he may not know how to interact with them other than with a certain degree of mockery. When you look like that. You don't really have to be very good at it. Fair point. Very fair point. Guy's pretty. Yeah. Cut to Ethan. He's sitting there hungover. Harper kisses him. She kisses him and sits down. So she's glad to be back. He compliments her dress. Daphne bought it for me. Noto Spencer. I know this is sort of like a unique idea on this podcast. We got to go to Noto, right? Got to go to Noto. Buy some drinks. Got to go to Noto. I will but buy- you know what? We, when we go to Noto, we will not fly through Rome. We can't do it. Uh, Munich. Munich's the only way to go. When we go, I will buy you the nicest dress. It's going to be lovely. You look, I, isolate that, put it on social. Spencer's going to buy me something. I will take it. I just agreed uh, to buy you something. What did I just do? I got you in a good mood. It's right for holiday. Gotcha. She notices that they uh, didn't clean the room. Uh, important point. But Harper says he was still in bed. So I guess he turned her away. Now, Spencer, um, I have a 
I, I do not drink anymore. Everybody on this podcast knows mm-hmm. I do not drink. I'm out of the game. Retired. Officially put my jersey in the rafter. But I will say this. I have had a lot of hungover mornings in hotels. Yeah. And I will tell you, it is very worth going to the lobby for the hour. Go to the lobby for God, the hour. Yes. Let them clean the room. Do not sit in your own filth for another day. This is Uncle Lee to the kids out there. Uncle Lee to the teenagers, let's say, maybe 20-somethings. If you find yourself hungover alone in a hotel room and the maid knocks, wants to clean your room, let her clean it. Just go to the go to the lobby, get some water, read a book, let her do it. I don't know if I've ever agreed. Or him. I don't, I don't know if I've ever agreed with you more. God, yes. No matter how bad you are feeling, disappear for an hour, go have a Bloody Mary, Find a way to you know to occupy yourself, then come back and go back into those clean, fluffy sheets and just feel so the better. best you've felt in days. Right then, and so there. much better. It, and, ne- and never turn, point, never turn down a turn down. And an important point is that, like, if you've had a night of drinking, you're trying to f- either fight it off or keep it going. Either one, you're probably in for a number of showers that day. You want, <laughs> you're you want. Out. Absolutely. You want that bathroom cleaned up. So this is a very important veteran move. Get, and it's one that Ethan did not do, and it bites him, right? Also, 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 not saying we're giving advice for people who are cheating. We would never do that. Never no. would do that. If a lot of fuck- Although Spencer's really good at it. Yeah. Uh, why, if a lot of fucking happened in your room that Whoa. night. Sorry. Look out. Amoris Adventures? Prefer that one, sir? Can we, can we put that one on the like back it. of the box? That's okay. very good. Another $5 word. Check uh, them out. Presumably, there might be some degree of evidence in various shapes and forms. Sure. If you could have people come in there and remove that evidence before your significant other returns, are you better off or worse off? I ask you, drunk Ethan. Well, but here's the thing, right? This is why he doesn't do it. Because he didn't cheat. So he, he his mindset, he wasn't even thinking, I've got something to hide. Right? Because he didn't cheat. That's why. That's how he gets fucked up what, in the game. But if they did fuck in his room, which we're debating that, that's unclear, there's still some evidence of something that's in your room you probably don't want to have to explain to your wife, particularly if you're adhering to the bro code and your own personal involvement in it. See, the, the bro code thing is separate, right? But I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's just my relationship with my wife. But I would – the first thing out of my mouth would have been like – that crazy some bitch was fucking her what? right here, and I had to go have a cigarette alone in the bathroom. That's how crazy it got. I agree. I would be. But that's not I would even. want her in the. I know that's the problem, right? But I would want her in the foxhole with me. God, yes. Talking shit and being like, "This is insane." Like, and then we would probably play the game of like, "How crazy can we make Cameron get the next night?" Yeah. Right? Like, we would make a game of it. Right? That's that's how uh, it works, right? But uh, Ethan doesn't do that. And what does Harper find? Condom wrapper. Immediately, just like sits down, tries to have a nice little conversation with him for a second point. They're they're actually having a little fun banter there. She wants to tell him about the day and what she learned and whatever else. Although I'm not sure I would call that fun banter. Uh it is for her. She's having because I'd like to talk about her banter here. She uh, says it's, it's a front. The whole kissy lovey thing. She's is a smug. Front. He cheats on her. She basically told me, and I think she does it too. I think she does it too. Also, uh, she was super vague, but yeah. the point is they have a twisted relationship and we are fine compared to them. We are fine. I, this is a very unhealthy thing to I, be saying. I will agree. It is fun for Harper. That's more the scent I meant it of that. She's smug as all hell that all of her theories have been correct and she is reassured in their relationship. The fact that they suck has reassured her in their relationship should be telling her things right now. But they're not there. They're not in that mindset. They need many things to get into that mindset. And meanwhile, Ethan's just still very drunk. 
Well, he tries to change the subject and he says he's happy to see her. Uh, she's like, man, you got really Wait. drunk. He says, well, the jet skiing was fun. Qu- um, Sir, so, go, go ahead. Question to clarify. If, if we had to assess, what percent drunk, what percent hungover? Because I said drunk. It seems like we're leaning more towards hungover at this point. Yeah, I think he's down to 80, 20, yeah. 80 hungover, 20 still drunk. Okay. Jet he probably still, he might still blow though. He might still blow yeah, 0.06. You yeah, don't you, know. Very much. Or so, eight yes. or whatever it is. Ethan tries to change the subject, uh, talking about the jet skiing. Um, but Harper's a dog with a bone. She goes right back to it. Oh, and she has no women friends, like at all. Like I'm basically like her best friend now and I don't even know her. Ethan is not interested in this at all, but he plays along. He says, well, why doesn't she have female friends? And she says, cause she basically realized they're all talking shit behind her back. And he goes, kind of like you are now, which very fucking what? fair point. Which he says with a smile on his face, and she just kind of smiles and brushes off. So it seems like that one was not too much of an attack and more a playful banter between the two. It's also 100% true, at least. Yeah, so he says, I may need to go to the bathroom. Harper keeps on talking, saying she was super high. Everything that's coming out of Daphne's mouth was like, what? Like, I don't understand anything she's saying. So here's the deal, right? I like Harper. I'm a po- Harper. I am a known Harper apologist on this podcast. The Harper stand. What she is doing is human. She's just decompressing after a very strange night with yes. her husband. She's also sharing with her husband in a way that he's not gonna. She's gossiping about someone behind their back, which... Also normal. Pretty much everybody does with their spouse. Yes. But it's mean. You can't get around that. She's being mean, and Ethan had the right to call her out for this type of behavior because it's likely the root of Daphne's troubles with women writ large, right? It it comes across as a throwaway line, but I don't think it is. Like, Harper can degrade Daphne for having no female friends while participating in the same exact act that causes her for having no causes her to have no female friends. Sure. Like it's not fair and it's mean Spencer. I don't like this move by Harper. I'm with you on that A question. I have to ask based on where we were last episode. You and I both thought that after what they shared together, Harper and Daphne might be friends. Now watching Har- what how Harper is, you know, relaying the events of the evening. What would you say are the feelings of Daphne towards Harper and Harper towards Daphne about whether they are friends right now? Sadly, I think Daphne thinks they're friends and I don't think Harper thinks they are. Which really fucking sucks. It does. It's mean. That's what I'm saying. It's mean. What what Harper is doing is mean because she's not willing to be honest to Daphne's face, you know, and basically say like, please don't tell me like all this stuff because I'm not your friend and I'm not going to be your friend. Like she's not willing to do that. She plays along. And then as soon as she gets behind her back, she talks shit. And Daphne just, just told her that she has a history of this happening with women and it's a problem for her. And then Harper goes and does it immediately. Like what? Two hours later. I don't like it. Spencer, not one bit. What? Ethan goes to the bathroom. Uh, right, go ahead. What do you also make about the difference between uh, Ethan following the bro code and uh, Harper, despite also agreeing to it with uh, Daphne, not doing so? Despite one being far more mild than the other. I think that, you know, sometimes stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes. And I think they're playing on a stereotype, which is that women gossip about each other behind their back, but men are much more likely. um, This is the stereotype. I'm not saying this is true. This is the stereotype. That men are more likely to cover for the other guy and not tell on them and, you know, not sell them out, not be a snitch, all this stuff. I think they're playing on that stereotype. That's mm-hmm. what, that's what I, how I took it. What do you think? I, I think they are, I think the show is very purposely playing on gendered stereotypes this season. And I think this is another example of it. Ethan goes to the bathroom and then we get to the point that I, I let the cat out the bag earlier. Harper sees a condom wrapper. Ethan slaps his hand to his face. Come on. Tries to rally. Let's go. 
Uh, shout out to him for doing that, by the way. Um, he's trying to get going, and he says, uh, do, do, "What do you want to do there? What, come on, let's go. Let's do something. Well, do I can't do? just keep laying here." Yeah. Do you want to? You want to see what they want to do? Harper is clearly affected, but she follows condom wrapper up in her hand, takes it to the bathroom, puts it in her purse, not asking Ethan what's up. Spencer, Qu- here's the question. Yeah. What? Tell tell me your thoughts on her deciding to see the condom wrapper, obviously make some assumptions, obviously be upset, but to not approach him about it. In this moment, the character goes almost catatonic for the next 30 minutes in terms of how she interacts with the world. I don't think she's able to process this. I think she's almost on autopilot. She doesn't know how to unpack this yet. She doesn't know what to make of it yet. It's so catching her off guard right here, right now. That I think that she's just not in a position because she doesn't have a coherent enough thought process to confront him in this moment. Which I find perfectly understandable. Her later scenes where she doesn't confront him with it, we're going to discuss those when we get there. But here right now, I can get, and I think that's what they're playing into, I thought the actress plays it quite well. She's not in a place to be able to fully unpack what she's now discovered. I think that's a very generous for Harper Reed because I'm not sure that like the whole concept that he might have cheated is so a surprise to her. I mean, she was really upset that he wasn't answering the phone and it clearly looked like her wheels were spinning. I she, she think her- it's time. I think it's time for an uncle, a life lessons with uncle. Oh, life. please, that's please. I think it is. Um, have the conversation. I'm with you. Whatever it is, in, whatever you. it is in life, whatever it is in life. If it's, you think your partner's cheating and you have some like evidence that bruh, maybe they cheated, right? Like th- she has like some circumstantial evidence that cheating might've happened, but it, it certainly isn't a clo- open and close, you know, thing. She, has, she doesn't have pictures of cheating, right? Have the conversation because both ways it's helpful for you, right? Because if Harper had immediately held the thing up and said, Ethan, what is this? Ethan would have come in and said, wasn't supposed to tell you. Cameron's a fucking lunatic and he was having sex with prostitutes in here. I know, I know it's crazy. And they would have gotten past it. Yeah. The but if he cheated, that's all. It's also better to know. Be, it, it's the not knowing, the reading your own assumptions into it is where you can get into trouble. And honestly, Spencer, I think this is where Harper's going to get in trouble because my theory here is that she is going to take what Daphne said to heart, which is do what you have to do to not be upset, and she's going to cheat on. Him. She's going to cheat on him on this trip because she found this condom wrapper because she's making assumptions and she's not having the conversation. And by the way, the have the conversation thing that goes down like to any point in life, right? Like about any fucking thing, always have the conversation. That's the, that's the life lessons with uncle Lee. I fundamentally 100% agree. I think the fact that she doesn't is going to set them up for so many further other problems later. I also think it's going to set up uh, Ethan thinking that she cheated when he finds the condom wrapper himself. Which is going to be interesting too, given where he finds it in the bathroom. And all I think that. she is going to cheat. I think she is, but I think I think also I think she's Cameron. going to fuck Cameron. I think. Oh God, um, that's my theory. That's very possible. Instead, she goes into a lawyer mentality. Before over the course of this episode, she three times interrogates him about. She gives him the opportunity to impeach himself. Point. She gives him the opportunity to dig a hole. She gives him the opportunity to lie, so that she can continually make a worse case against him. And she does that repeatedly. I even thought the metaphor of three was interesting because it's almost like biblical. It's like Peter denying Jesus three times kind of thing that we, we see over the course of this. And 
That's not oh, right. Oh, so we're starting at the beginning. Oh, the very beginning. Okay, thank, thank you, Spencer. Yes. Yeah. The very beginning. Jesus, got it. Yeah. <laughs> Foundation of modern literature, yes. Uh, I, I very much think that she's going with that mentality, and I think it's a problem. I think very much she should have just confronted him early. I think she should have gotten out in the air. I think she's doing no favors to either him or her, um, or her particularly, with respect to keeping this to herself and nope. not letting out in it's the bad. open. It's just going to be a, all the bigger kind of thing if they are just allowed to just not talk with each other about this right now. Cut to Lucia. They both have yep, their own but, their own responsibility for that. So they cut to it. This this cut immediately after this is really good, right? Because it's someone underwater, and then they phase it into being staring to being above water and staring at the sky and seeing a seagull come overhead. So it's really like not knowing which way is up mm-hmm. is kind of the cut, which is exactly what Harper's dealing with, not knowing which way is up, right? So it's a, it's just a really on the nose. I thought really good cut. Cut to uh, Lucia and Mia showing up at the beach club. They sit down next to Albie, but he's like, "Hey, look, I'm saving that seat for somebody." Okay, uh, Lucia is the best. The fucking best. She turns to him and says, you don't want us to sit here? Like, that is such a fascinating reaction to me. What would you do with that, Spencer? I don't know what the fuck. She would She would have me all on skates if she it, said that to me. It completely caught me. You don't want us to sit like, here? I've never had somebody say that response. And I no. wouldn't know how to take it if someone did. It's like, I didn't say I know that. exactly what you would say. I know exactly what, what would you would I say. say? No, well, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, no, you, you, you I, but, uh, uh, that. Sometimes I just hate you, how well you know me, but yeah, you could have been be a transcription. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, cause it, you, cause your reaction is to say, well, yeah, of course I want you to sit here. But then it's like, well, no, I, but you can't, but yeah, I, well, uh, you, you got me on, that's what I said on skates. I'd be completely on skates with this. Um, you know what? Breaking ground here. Lucia knows how to handle men. That's what I'm saying. You know, again, you go out on limbs, but I think you may have something going with this one. And she says, can we sit here till your friend comes? And he clearly doesn't want her to, but like, come on, Albie. Like, that's stupid. Yeah, of course she can sit there until the friend comes. Like, Mm -hmm. that's silly. Um, Finally, Mia gives up on this because Lucia looks at him and says, I've seen you around. And I thought, dummy that I am, I thought she had another mark. I thought she was going after, like, I've seen you around. I'm still working. I'm going to try to, you know, basically find another John here. I do not think that's what happens this episode. Do you? She does recognize him, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, of course she does. making sure. She does recognize him. She knows it's Dominique's son, yeah. I agree. I don't think this, I don't think she, we debated when you're working and when you're not. I don't think she's working right now. I don't think she's working either, but I thought she, I thought she noticed it was Dominic's son. And she's, but when she said, I've seen you around, I thought, and when Mia pulled her, especially, yeah, it's like, I thought nah, Mia nah, was nah, pulling nah, her nah, because nah. it's like, stop the, basically stop working, right? That's like, a, it's, it's like, it's like me and you at like nine o'clock at night. I'm like, Spencer, put the fucking laptop down. That's like, one more she, I Come thought on, that's what she was doing, but I think I was wrong. I think that she was actually just talking. I agree. I think it's a fair read in the moment, but from what we see later, I really do think that she's just like, hey, this is a cute, nice boy. Maybe I just want to talk with him for a minute. Which, by the way, they're on a, in my mind, on a level. Like, they're both like stupidly gorgeous people mm-hmm. and they're young and they're both pretty, I would say, charismatic in their own way. I mean, Albie has a, a I think, a personality that like, if you like that type of personality, you, you'd be well, invested yeah. in. Exactly. It made perfect sense that these two might be interested in each other is what I'm saying. 
Uh, well, let's see where they go by the end of the episode. I don't think we, don't, we, 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 yeah, we, we have we have a bit of time to see what, what, how things end up. Cut to Portia talking to Jack, and she asked what Palermo was like. And Spencer, it's fucking mental, man. It's fucking mental. <laughs> fucking wild. In the streets, I, I fight in the streets. I fuck in the streets. It's my kind of town, you know what I mean? Um, so this Damn, is the kind of man, conversation. Well with the accent. Uh, it, I can't do it too long or I'll go to Australia. You were already I, starting I, to I, by the last word. Sh- yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so this is the kind of conversation Portia wants to be having, by the way. Um, cause he's, he's always teetering on the inappropriate. And yes. that's what she wants. She, he's and he, dangerous. By, in a, in a and mild I'll give way. Jack credit. I'll, yeah, exactly. Perfectly said. That's what I was about to say. He, is good because he he rides the line. He doesn't go too inappropriate. He goes just a, just enough inappropriate that she feels like I'm doing something fun, but he's not like, you know, just outright grabbing her ass or something, right? Yes, he he has <laughs> he has a certain element of the exotic, of the unexpected, of not knowing what's going to happen next. Without without the element of maybe he'll murder me. Some women are into that, but he's offering a mild a mild dose of that excitement. I will say, most are not into the murdering. I'll say that for my women, women friends. Most are not into the murdering. It, it's not one you can repeat very often, you know? Yeah. Daphne might. I mean, she is in the murder, murder stuff, but I, most, most women are not into the murder vibe. He goes on to say more that the- More murder in her case. The, the house that Quentin has in Palermo is super nice. Spencer, we gotta go to Palermo. Yeah, get, get, Palermo. You book, the, but book, the, book the tickets while I do the no, recap. No, no, Could first you? I want to go to Palermo. Well, we got to, I mean, we'll take a day trip, obviously. Oh, yeah. Probably stay. We'll probably rent another place. While we're in Palermo, you know, you, you know the, the casual move. You rent two places I'll, for the same I'll, night. I'll, I'll, That's what everybody does. I'll get us the tickets to Munich. You arrange the rest. Yeah, okay. Can't, yeah, I gotta fly through Munich. Portia then says he, um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to go see Palermo. And he says, there's never been a woman under 60 in there. Um, and then up comes Albie and he says, hey. And that yeah. hey made me hide my eyes. What? It was, it was already, so uncomfortable. It was already awkward because they're just on a balcony. They're very I, Portia is so right there. She's so exhibitionist with this, right? Like I think I, I and Jack calls it out later in the episode. It's perfectly clear to me. I'm sorry. To me, it's perfectly clear that Portia does want to make Albie jealous. I don't know if it's that. She could very she, easily move that conversation out of his line of sight. She, She's either that or she's just so in the moment and so either not aware of socially absorbed that she's not putting two and two together. But the fact that they're literally on the balcony overlooking where she just agreed to meet him a half second ago to the point he's just looking up at them going, is she really chatting up a guy right there? Yes, she is. Question for you, though. We have talked about the COVID generation. We've yes, talked about the kids who were coming of age. And when I say coming of age, it would be like 16, 17 in the COVID era where they get out of it and they're like 21, 22. And they've never they've not done a lot of the normal social interactions that people would have done by that age, right? Because sure. of COVID. Could it be as simple as she's just so happy that two people in the flesh are into her at the same time? And she's just reveling in it, basically. This is also how I interpreted her interactions with Jack: is that she wasn't meaning. And it, again, I, very possible that she's just really enjoying having two guys there into her, and almost hopes they'll fight later. Possible, or it also could just be she's just so Jack is just so com, you know giving her a one eighty turnaround and what, her what, what she said her soul crushing disappointment with respect to this trip that she's yeah. just kid in a candy shop gleeful that she's just like. So, like, moth to a flame, she's not paying attention to any any other aspect of the world right now. I think there's a chance that she's just, she just likes, it. basically she's liking the attention. Which, sure. by the way, if that's the case, like... Understandable. Um, I like, 
I'm not ready to crucify Porsche over that, right? Like, it's it's okay to like the attention, right? It's just you might not want to like hurt people in the process, right? Which she so, is, which is the awkward thing. It's just like you know, she is. She's not. She's not deft at all. She's not good. She's I mean, not good at this. I mean, even if even if it was just you know, you're purely just platonic. You agreed to just go spend some time with him, and he's just sitting there waiting for you. That's still a category of rude. Certainly. Alvi then says, I saved your chair over there. I got the last one. So basically I'm having to fight off women who are much more attractive than you uh, (laughs) with this chair. Uh, Could you please come to the chair, basically? Um, She says, I think I need to be here with Tanya a little longer. And these guys just order some fall food. So then Bert and Dominique come up and tell Alvi they got a table, I suppose, for lunch. The lunch that Alvi specifically told Bert, I do not want to have with you at this beach club. What did Bert do? Bert just went to the beach club. Sir, lunch. Like, sir, sir. Bert, what are you doing? You've seen the club. Would you not have lunch here if you knew this place existed? Of course I would. But, like, I think Bert's only going there because Albie said, I'm going to the beach club later, even though specifically Albie told. Like, uh, you know what? He's 80. How about that? He's 80. He's 80. It's a nice place to go eat lunch. And if his grandson's also there, great. Bring the pretty girl. Ugh. So it's it's like... All the way around, Albie being mistreated here, basically. Um, Portia then says, I'll find you. Um, so, uh, when a woman at a social event says, I'll find you. It's the equivalent of play it by ear. Here is life lessons with Uncle Lee. And I, I, I that might be the last one for the episode. Mm-hmm. Go do your own thing. Yes. The only move you have, the only chance that this woman would ever be remotely attracted to you again, if you get a, I'll find you. Is if you go do your own thing, you go be fun, be independent, and look fucking cool doing it. That's the only chance you have is to go be interesting away from her. Because yeah. if you sit in the corner waiting, you look like a loser. She's going to feel all kinds of like weird and accountable and like like responsible for you. It's a bad vibe. If you get the all finds, you go, no problem, and go do your thing. It's also a great mindset just to also – it helps you have fun. If you're just spending all the time that you're there just sitting there pining for her to be done, you're not enjoying the day. You're not enjoying what else could be another opportunity out there. It's like, don't make all your day revolve around her anyway. 100%. So, um, Albie leaves and Jack asks Portia, who's he? She says, literally says this, Spencer. Oh, gosh. He's just a guy I met at the hotel. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. What, what, what happened to the nice, nice Stanford guy from a few minutes ago? Jack says, I think he likes you. Portia just nods. Uh, Albie then goes down and walks back. I got to say, this guy, Jack, does seem to have, a, a, he's pretty good with women, it seems. Because, like, Very that's a, that's a thing. That's a thing. Like, his, now he's in the foxhole with her, right? Yeah. He's like, hey, he likes you. Like, let's me and you, like, open up to me. Like, talk about that situation. And now he's, he's working it. He's doing a good job. Cuts Albie. Uh, he goes to the lunch table. Dominic shows him some brooch or some piece of jewelry or something he's purchased for his estranged wife. Albie is not impressed with this. I, I'm not honestly that impressed with the jewelry either. It's this weird gaudy costumey thing that he got her. But damn, I, I'm judging people on all kinds of fashion related decisions. This episode. do you think I'm it's costumey? For... Do you think it's do you, I, it might actually be real? Like it might be like real. No, I thought it was. Stones, I thought it was real, which in some ways made it even worse to me. Is that you you spent a lot of money on something that looks that gaudy? Yeah. So. Albie's like, uh, you can't just buy people off. And Dominic says, it's a gesture, which if it truly is just a gesture that could be okay, but trouble is brewing. Because mm-hmm. Bert says, I'll be happy to talk to her. I got to say, I want Bert to talk to her. Can we please get that 
we've mentioned it multiple episodes now. I really want Bert on the phone with that that woman that I heard screaming at Dominic in episode one. I really want to hear it. Do I think that F. Murray Abraham talking with Laura Dern will help the situation? No. Will it be entertaining? God, yes. Yes, nodding my head as fast as I can. Bert says she respects me. Dominic, little truth bomb situation, says not on this. Not in this area. She does not. The only person she'd actually listen to is, but whatever. Albie says, I will not be your advocate in this. He's drawing a clear line with his father, oh, which is a very fair. fair and healthy line. He should draw that line. Yeah. That's what. That's where I would, I would suggest he draw it. Dominic should and, not even be putting circumstances where it could be pondered that, he's, that Alfie would be in the middle of this. That's inappropriate as all hell. Dominic says this, and I want your reaction. Yeah. I get it. I understand it. That's fair. I'm just saying. You would probably want the family to stay together. Fuck you. I, I would have gotten up too. from the table right there. I would have said. I was really mad. Fuck you, dad. And I would have left. Just so, That is so inappropriate for him to say that right then. So a lot of what we're talking about in White Lotus is kind of satirical and farcical, right? It's just sort of a joke. And I don't, I don't take it that seriously. I can tell you don't really. Yeah. I don't think our listeners do. This is the one situation where I got kind of like, I caught feelings a little bit because my parents got divorced yeah. uh, when I was a teenager or in a, like late, late teenagers, early twenties. Oh my God. Did I get mad what? at this line? I was like, Dominic, that is the shittiest thing that anybody has done in these four episodes. And we saw a guy cheating on his wife with a prostitute. Like this is the worst thing I've seen anybody do. That is so awful to say to your son in this situation. You and I were debating. You would probably want the family to stay together. Spencer, I don't even think I could have mad lived a more hurtful line. It's, it's epic what he's able to accomplish with so few of words. You and I were debating, you and I were debating episode one. What did Dominic do that made Laura Dern, his wife, so utterly pissed? Right. This shit. We've finally seen it. The cheating, sure. Good call. Pile it up and everything else. This shit? I feel like we just finally saw the real Dom. We've gotten through just the facade of just kind of, you know, wealth polite, wealthy polite, polite interacting with people. This is the manipulative shit that gets a woman that pissed on the phone after having to do with that for years. It's unbelievable. It was a- absolutely atrocious behavior. So Albie rightly calls out that that is super manipulative. Um, he gets up and he leaves. Bert, this is the moment I was talking about. Bert is just says he'll be fine. Hey, uh, can we get some food? Like he is going to have a, like, I honestly believe that like in the table ahead of him, one guy could get up and shoot another guy in the head and Bert would go, that's unfortunate. Uh, is the bread free? Do we get a dipping oil with that? I'd like, I'd like the dipping oil with the balsamic if I could. What's the pairing, the wine pairing with a murder? Bring us some Prosecco. That'll be fine. He's going to have fun. It does not fucking matter. Bert is on vacation, right? So cut to Daphne and Cameron. And oh, 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 a cool thing is that when they do this cut in the background, keep talking. you can hear keep talking. the rest of Dominique and Bert's conversation, right? And so Bert, this is, this is something Spencer would do all day long. Bert is like, what are the numbers beside these dishes? Are these prices? Huh? Yeah. These are way too high. Uh, maybe Dominique's like, why are you worried about the prices? You aren't paying for shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is us at lunch at a fine restaurant. And I'm saying, hey, man, do you want to share something? Do you want to share one of these? You know, it's like we do that. I was thinking we I was thinking we share. And then, I, then you know, then you get the, the, the 
I don't know, four to five sentences of me chastising you for being cheap. Like that's what's good. That, that yeah. was a really funny cutaway. So they're cutting to Daphne and Cameron showing up to lunch with Ethan and Harper. Cameron orders spritzers for all. So they're going to start drinking now. Ethan questions the, the drinking after the night before, but I guess he's going to go with it. Uh, Cameron hits him with every alcoholic's favorite line, which is hair of the dog, man. Come on, hair of the dog. Like, come on, hair of the dog. God, you hear come that on, Spencer, hair of the dog. Yeah, hair yeah, the dog yeah. It makes you feel better. Keep it going. Keep it rolling. Daphne comments that they must have drank a lot. Cameron jokingly says that Ethan was tearing up the dance floor. That's the type of alpha joke that I'd, I'm uncomfortable with that Cameron continues to do. Yeah. Which is the man. You should have seen him, man. He's just, uh, when they know he doesn't dance, they know that's not, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I like it. Um, you don't like Cameron? Whoa. No, I mean, I, there, that, that joke could be okay if he was getting... Something reciprocated from Ethan, right? If he said that and Ethan went, oh, yeah, you know me, guys. I was fucking killing it. Then right. keep up with those jokes. But Ethan shuts down when he does that stuff. So I would think it's probably time to stop it. Mm-hmm. Um, Daphne goes on to talk about her doing some damage yesterday, buying Christmas presents for everybody at Noda, which you got to go to Noda. Spencer and I are going to go to Noda. Yeah. During this whole time, Harper's just sitting quietly, clearly upset, almost like shaking. Staring like she off. is. Mm. Own little world of stewing. What we're watching so, right now is a pressure cooker that someone forgot to open. That is a great analogy. Cameron and Daphne both give her very concerning looks, but don't say anything. So more montages of people having fun. Uh, it's going to shock you, Spencer. People are having a good time in Sicily. You know, between that, Noto, Palermo, and going through Munich, seems like it's a fun way to spend a trip. Have you got those tickets for Palermo yet? Uh, booked, our, our booked our tickets? Apparently you have to use money for them, so no. Oh, oh, okay. All right. I got you. That, that's a bit yeah. of a hurdle, you know. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're not going up there. Cut to Lucia and Mia. Uh, Lucia, Spencer saw what international flights are. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? Um, cut to Lucia and Mia. Lucia says she does not want to be a millionaire. Just enough money to open her own store and stop being a prostitute, basically. Sex worker. Stop being a sex worker. Mia isn't in for all this. Day after depressed post drug talk. She's not into that shit. She's just like, shit, stop with this crap, basically. Mm-hmm. Mia says she could care less about money. She just wants to sing. She just wants like a job where she's able to sing yeah. right, and perform. And how um, can she do that, sir? What is the, from the evidence that we have available right now, by what means can she most expedite the process to sing it? Oh, I got it. I should just fuck the piano player. Wait, no, wait, Mia, wait, no, wait, wait, no, wait, wait, Mia, wait. no. <laughs> you hear, you hear, Lucia? No, Mia, no. <laughs> That's not what I was saying. I, I, so I love Mia. Me- does this whole? I'll, I'll finish out. So Mia does this whole like, like head talk, basically talking to herself. Like yeah. if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna do this, I, I have to do this. I have to blah, blah blah blah, and she just takes off. And then Lucia mutters to herself, very funny line. I've created a monster. I, I, I adored that scene. It was adorable. I also like that when. Lucia is caught off guard that Mia's saying this. She just goes straight old Italian grandmother. It's like, no, honey, no, don't do that. No, it's just plaintive pleading. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that is really where you see that they, they care a lot about each other, right? Yes. Because Lucia sees Mia very change, kind of changing a little bit in the last couple of days. Doesn't like it and calls it out, right? They are, um, they are presently two ships passing in the night, ending up at their respective starting points. Yeah, kind of, by the time this episode's over. Cut back to Tanya. She finishes her story, finally. And Quentin tells her that she's, you're the heroine of your own Italian opera. Tanya says, does that mean I'm doomed, Quentin? Of course it doesn't. You're too fabulous to be sad. And I gotta say, I agree, Quentin. She is too fabulous to be sad. Mm. Look at her. Look at Tanya. She looks great. Uh, uh, Tells her to look where you are. Drink your rosé. Best thing about luck, 
best thing about luck is it can always change. She says, do you really believe that? And he says, no. no. And that's kind of charming. And they, and they <laughs> laugh. So I got to tell I, there may be, there may be something coming with Quentin. There may be. He, he may not have a house and player moment. I have a boat. They may be like conning her for money. I don't know what I saw. This episode seems like a cool guy. Yeah. We can assign whatever motivations we want to him. We can unpack in the future, what he's actually here for and what his relationship with Tanya is going to be. Whatever else we can say about him, though, the man's charming. If it's an act, very if, if fucking it, charming. If, he, if he's putting on a persona, whatever else, if that is the case, the man knows his trade well because he is disarmingly charming. Would you hang out with Quentin? In a heartbeat, grab ass. Would you hang out? With, would you hang out with Mateo? Good to you, Albie. Uh, Lucia walks up. I haven't asked you this uh, this episode, Spencer. I apologize. Derelict in my duties, fallen down. Not the podcast professional. Everybody has come to expect from me. How is Lucia looking this episode? Looking really, really good throughout the episode. Ooh. Oh, okay. Still looking good, huh? No, yeah. Didn't no. notice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, she says, your friend didn't come. And Albie points out that she's just up there talking to Jack. And then Lucia picks, I mean, because Lucia is like a fucking social Jedi. Yeah. Uh, she goes, she just left you alone. That's not nice. I love her. I love this woman. I, I find her to be so fucking charming. I agree. This is it's also interesting. I agree. She's remarkably charming. I had no I hadn't noticed that she was attractive. You did you told me that. I other I wouldn't have noticed that, but she is so charming. I'm here to point these things out to you. You know, that's what I'm here for you for. It's interesting you see the teammates the mirrored stories different, but mirrored stories that Portia and Albie run right now, but they've both found their charming other person. Because Jack, whatever else yeah. about him, is at least hitting the charming buttons that Portia wants to hit right now. That's the thing. That's like Free market, Spencer. Free market capitalism. It's working. Like they <laughs> they ended up with the right people. You know, like just let the process play out, and they ended up with the right people by the end of this episode. See, I think. See, this is always the problem for new businesses that are looking to get started. They don't get the advertising right. They were too focused on a particular demographic and a particular target. Let early. it happen. They need they need to get the advertising out there broadly so they can draw more people in. And now we're seeing it play out. Capitalism advice from Spencer and Lake. It just works, right? Because the, I, I, I like, I like Portia with Jack. I think that's going to work for this week. And Albie and Lucia, Albie and Lucia, like she might, if she, they don't die, she might be flying back to LA with him. I think they are really going to hit it off for uh, sure. Among the grab ass we get in this episode, I think he enjoys his the most. I would say Albie says it's not that big of a deal. Lucia then has to sit down. So she does. She basically doesn't take no for an answer. This yeah. She's like, I'm going to sit here. She introduces herself. Um, and I'm going to tell you, I think she likes this one. I, and this is when I started to figure out like, oh, like she, she starts the episode by being like, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. So I think she's off the clock. I don't think she's really working right now. It seems to me she just likes Albie. Now, Albie's an attractive guy, but I also think that like, it makes sense based on her work history and the type of guy she's probably interacted with a lot that she would be more drawn to an Albie who, instead of a Jack. Who is sweet, who is non-threatening, who is sincere. Exactly. Yes. Who asks for consent, who, you know, is thoughtful, you know, that's probably stuff like, you know, I talked about it a couple episodes ago. I was like, you know, basically I'll be hang in there because like the stuff that you're good at will get valued in the dating market as you get older. I feel like Lucia's just, just jammed in so much life experience that she's like starting to value those things. So I, I think it really works. It really does. I, I believe in this love, Spencer. I believe in it. Okay. I, I, I need more. I need to see more. And I need to know how they're going to handle Albie, Alfie, Albie, realizing Albie. Um, that she has a prior relationship with his dad. 
She doesn't have a prior relationship with him. She did have a prior relationship with his dad. No, she didn't. She had a. She, she just had a transaction. That's not a relationship. I don't think he's going to split hairs in that particular point. I hope that he his feminism one hundred and one. I hope his feminism one hundred and one allows him to do that I because we know he took it. We know he took a couple courses in it because uh, he was spewing it to us. I hope that he realizes that like she can have a job. She had an interaction. I'm sure it's uncomfortable. But I don't think that's a thing to hold against her. I hope that he can just blame his dad for it rather than blaming her. There's no blame. She was doing a job. I, I, I Again, I know, but we need to see how that's going to play out. Because, man, I think can it'll that work go in a fine. different direction? No, nah, it's going to work just fine. She says she's from Catania. I, I don't know this area. Um, Albie says they're, I think they're going there at some point. Um, this, is the, this is another question I have, is that, like, these folks get here, <laughs> Albie, Dominique, and Bert, and they're, they're right from jump. They're like, we're here to see our heritage. We're on day four. They haven't made fucking one trip to go out to see their grandmother's hometown or whatever okay. the hell. Bert's the only person trying here. Only one that actually tried to make this actually a family trip in any shape or form. And Catania is a city that is on the eastern coast of Sicily, just north of Syracuse. Oh, thank you. Syracuse? Syracuse, the wonderful, the one, the wonderful old Greek town in South Sicily. Oh, okay. Wear a lot of orange there? Uh, no. Actually, no. The other Syracuse. Cut to Mia. She greets the piano player. She says, you know what? I'll do it. If you'll help me, I'll do it, Spencer. Now, you, as a lawyer, um, hypothetically speaking, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. hypothetically, I want to point out, can you advise this fictional character a little bit on her term negotiation for this transaction? Uh, I'd be more precise. I would set more clear limits. I would have some form of collateral assigned. I would have some aspect of a guarantee. I would, in this particular circumstances, secure a certain element of blackmail. I would do something more than just say, let's go do things, and then sure, things happen. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's obviously impulsive uh, and uh, ignorant of sort of how the world works. I think it's also a certain element of she's talked herself into this, and she doesn't want to waste time talking herself out of it. Give, it doesn't want to waste time where she could talk herself out of it. That's probably true. She says now, and he takes her into a little church area. I guess the hotel has, uh, like, I guess the hotel has, like, you know, like in the hospitals where there's like a chapel in a hospital. Yes, very much so. Yes. It seems like the hotel has one of these, which what? is kind of strange. I've never been in a hotel that has like a little church room before. Uh, I know that the hotel in real life is also a converted convent, so I think they may be playing into that to a certain degree too. That it just so is it like a museum? I think it may actually be like a museum rather than... Because he actually says it's... De is that why he... He says it's de deconsecrated, yes. What does that mean? It, I've never heard that it's term not, It's not a functioning church anymore. This it, it, is purely just a, a bit of historical memorabilia rather than actual practicing, consecrated by God, a, a facility. I would think in a five-star resort that the, the floor space would be important enough not to have a museum of some old church pews. Well, uh, that doesn't make a lot of think sense. Think of the clientele. Other than Bert, apparently nobody gives a shit. Yeah, uh, so he goes in and locks the door, it, and he, that's important. He locks the door. Question on the other side of the fence. You're the guy. Yo. Mm -hmm. Mia comes up to you. Mia offers you this. Do you go right then, or what do you do? Uh, well, first of all, uh, I would uh, probably be a little bit more clear about what the help I'm going to provide her is, so she knows you what she's getting. You would set terms, too, 
Yeah, well, yeah, because otherwise you're being a manipulative asshole, right? Like, if she doesn't really know, like, because he, he's, he's not fucking Michael Buble, right? He's not going to put her on a record label right away. Like, the help that he can give her is probably he has some agent that he pays some fee or something that he can put her in contact with. That's probably the extent of what he can do, right? And so he needs to be clear about that, right? Um, but I certainly wouldn't, I, w- I certainly wouldn't allow her to just dictate we're doing it right this second. That's, uh, th- that's where I'm coming on this, is that, no, I'm holding all the cards, actually. It's that... I'm, oh, so you, that's how you treat the sex workers, Spencer. Is that right? Well, if I'm paying, sure, yeah. I'll get that. I hold all the cards, sir. I, the, the, I have all the leverage now, in this situation. I would, I, she's trying to set the tempo. I'm like, I'm at work. No, we're not doing it right now. Sure, this is what I'm agreeing to do. We can arrange this from the future. But tomorrow on my day off or for dinner, not sneaking off to a chapel right now that could screw me over. Sorry. Screw me over. <laughs> I want to be screwed on my own terms, not yours. So they get going, right? And it, some highlights from this interaction. At one point, she literally yells, ooh, 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 over and over again. Um, she's on her back at one point, looking up at a mural. Decides she can't do it. She's got to be on top. Um, the ooh, ooh, ooh part was, that was a... Uh, That'd be a turnoff. I got, it might be a deal breaker for me, Spencer, I got to say. I know, go, again, going out on a limb a lot this episode. But mm-hmm. might be a deal breaker when a woman just says, ooh, 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 over and over again. Uh, yeah, more than a little bit. Yeah, it's like, okay, I'm done. So, talk to you later. So, got to Lucia. She asked him, do you like the blue Sicilian water? You know what, Lucia? I do. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. He says, yes. He just says he does, too. Uh, she also, she's figuring out the situation. She, she... She can tell that he is still looking up at her in that interaction. She can tell Porsche's not going anywhere. She's going to talk to this guy and do whatever she wants to do. So she gamely says, let's go for a swim. I mean, she is the fucking best. Yes. She really is. Get his mind on something else, particularly me in a bikini. Look at you, Spencer. I'm talking about her her social graces. (laughs) She has many graces. I'm also commenting on ones beyond social. Your grace, your grace. Then uh, she says, uh, cut back to Mia and the piano player, uh, uh, Giuseppe. Mm. And it doesn't work. It's not working. Uh, She's bound and determined to get this over with right now, though. Um, So she goes to get some of Mia's pills. She's going to go get Viagra, right? Mm -hmm. We know from the night before that Mia, at minimum, has two different type of pills in her purse. She's got Viagra and she's got Molly. Mm -hmm. Ecstasy, MDMA. Um, As she leaves, she tells him to wash some port on his phone. What a practical lady. I mean, that is... (laughs) Very practical. Keep in the mood. Um, when she leaves, uh, she does the father. He does the father son Holy Ghost thing, and I don't know if you caught this, but it, they they do like a two second shot of Giuseppe's face when he does the father son Holy Ghost like thing. He kind of mutters, but you get it right. Like he kind of gives this look to God, like what was I supposed to do? Like, yeah, <laughs> he goes, he does like the shoulder, like oh, what do you what do you expect from me? Yeah, it's pretty funny. I, I enjoy. It. I I appreciate that God is on the ceiling and everybody's staring at him. Uh, Mia goes and grabs two different pills because uh, she doesn't know. Could be Viagra, could be Molly. Uh, Lucia and Albie seem to be having a great time together in the water. Uh, Mia runs up to ask her which pill it is. Lucia cannot hear her. This is where I kind of thought like Lucia like really does like Albie, right? Because she's willing. I mean, she, we know that she loves Mia. That I don't think that's in question. Mm-hmm. But she's willing to stiff arm her friend for a little while because she's having such a good interaction with Albie. Is she also trying to hide to a certain degree what her career is? <laughs> Potentially, maybe. I think there's a certain element of that, too, of where Mia's talking shop right now, and Lucia doesn't want to be talking shop right now in front of this boy. See, I I don't know. Maybe it's just my hope. But I I, I think the whole Lucia's a prostitute is just like a, it's a dud. It's a nothing. 
It's like if you I like her, you like that. her. It's a, it's a, it's a nothing. It's a, okay. Even, di- what a, even different schools of feminism don't agree on this point, sir. We don't know how this guy's going to respond. Well, I mean, but like, it's not, I, I would, I would say that, that the vast majority of people who espouse women's, women's rights, who believe themselves to be in that, that Venn diagram circle would say that it's nothing to hold against her. Can't I, all I'm saying is a we can't be certain and b we particularly can't be certain with Albie given his own history with his dad and his own. I would toss fucking if I was Albie's friend and he came to me and he's like I have this girl I like her etc and I met her and she was as charming as she is and then the next day he comes up and he goes it's not going to work I learned that she actually works as a prostitute I would toss him off the fucking cliff I would be like Albie I am not your friend anymore like you cannot hold that against this woman like. You can, you can set boundaries and say, I don't, I, you know, I, I'm not willing to date you if you're still doing that. I don't think that's fair, but you can do that. But this holding, I don't know. I, that really would bug it, me. It, 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 whatever perspective. Obviously it would bug me. Sure. But whatever perspective you had in school, we have to keep track of also so much of what Albie is, is informed in a result of what, of his dad's crimes and, it, and his Maybe. effort to be different than that, not associate with that and be completely separate from the world that his dad operated in. It's informing so much of his decision making, and I can't help but believe it's going to bleed over in terms of how he perceives and re- and reacts to finding out more about Lucia. I will say this: if if Albie finds out that Lucia had sex for money with, with his, his father, and she then decides he then decides he doesn't want anything else to do with her, I'm going to hold you personally accountable for that. I, I, I had not consider this now. Yes, because I had not considered that he would do that, and now you've got it in my head, and you're probably right, and I'm going to hold you personally accountable. So Add that to the uh, list. I got a, We had a few Mia, on that list now. Mia runs back into the church, does not lock the door, I'd like to point out. Mm-hmm. Um, he tries to take one, but she gives him two. Don't do no, that. Like, insist on the one. Like, even if it's Viagra. Just the one. I, 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 just the one. You don't need to double up anything. Yeah. Like if it's Molly, no. If it's Viagra, no. If it's Molly and Viagra, hell no. Then um, she says, "He's age. like, I gotta wait." And she like when he says, "You have to wait." She acts like literally like a twelve year old who is like, who just said, "Are we there yet?" And the dad says, "No, another two states." And she goes, Ugh. "Yeah." It was very much just sunk into her, sunk into her chair, and just you know, stewed. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, cut to Kanye, Tanya having a great time with her friends. The cut to Cameron, time. Ethan. Cut to Cameron, uh, Ethan, and Daphne sitting around talking. And Harper is just staring at them, quiet, clearly angry. Cameron is asking the question we've all been wondering. Ethan. What's your workout like, man? You're jacked. Like, what? What the fuck, man? You, that is not a runner's body. Like, what are you doing in the gym, buddy? Which, as you noted, very, very recently, we got a similar conversation by another character who was explicitly hitting on another man. Let's keep track of this. What? What do you? I mean, what do you? Uh, do you think that there's a thing there? Do you honestly think that there's a thing with Cameron? I and really thought for a second with you starting. What do you? What do you? You were asking how I work out. I really thought you were with that tone of voice for a second. Um. I th- yes, yeah, so what do you do? What, what do you do to get that, that body there? Absolutely nothing. Frump, frump to all what you What you're seeing right now, sitting on a couch. I'm sitting on a couch wearing the same clothing that I've been wearing for the last two days. Data point. Um, but Yikes. in this case, I, I think they're going to play with it because I think it could add to the drama of the relationship, particularly if they go in the way you're expecting, that Harper hooks up with Cameron. If I they both have 
hooked up with him in some shape or form, I think that adds to the drama. Whether it's a literal or metaphorical hookup with him. That would be all three of the, the, of the other people there have, have hooked up with this Cameron character. At, plus Lucia and Mia. The entire cast will hook up with Cameron by the time we're done. Tanya! Tanya, Burke. get on the list. Get Take a number, Tanya. Um, Harper clearly leaves them uh, to, to get away and, and goes walking on the beach. Another beautiful shot of the waves rolling in. Harper then goes to the water. I thought she was going to jump in the water. She, she like goes to a like cliff. A, like suicidal type situation, but she does not jump. They seem to be setting that up. A certain element. Do you think she's going to kill herself? Do you think that she's in the water and she jumped off the cliff and that's who Daphne found? Spencer, do you have a theory? No, I don't think she's going to kill herself. I don't think Shit. It, I, I, don't, I don't think it would be in character. I don't think it would be in character for Harper. I don't know this, but I don't think we've gotten the same signs out of her as we've gotten from other people, potentially. Mm. What do you think? Curious. curious. Do you, do you, are, are you on suicide I, I watch for that... Harper right now? No. No, but it, I mean, yeah. it's a theory. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a, a th- it could happen. And they did a little foreshadowing. They were so playing maybe. with it right there. Certainly. They wanted to put the thought now, in their heads, whether it's a red herring or not, we'll find out. That's the thing. There were so many red herrings in season one God, yeah. about who, who was going to die that I am <laughs> super skeptical that they're actually going to foreshadow it at all. I don't think they're going to foreshadow it at all. I think it's just going to happen. Uh, you think it's going to be completely just random guests that we've never even seen previously? No, no, no. Like, no, but it won't be like, we won't have had the shot like that. Where we can go back and say, oh, look, they told us through another, like, you know, like, like yeah. that's not going to happen. It, it would be too like, much of an anti- Like this wonderful book I'm reading, I don't know if you've heard of it, called Lord of the Rings oh, by yeah. a guy named J.R.R. Tolkien. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's got a future in writing. He actually does a lot of this. It's like you, you can, something will happen and you can go back 60 pages and go, bam, that's the dream. That's the poem. That's the song. That's the thing that tells me it was going to happen. I don't think this show's in that business. I don't think you're going to get any of that. Isn't it fun reading a proper architect in terms of, you know, crafting a novel? It's like. This guy Wonderful. thought this shit out. Wonderful. You want to stop the podcast and do Lord of the Rings for a couple no. of hours? Because I kind of want to do that. We'll do it after we're done. Okay. All right. Cut back to Giuseppe. He's at the bar sort of freaking out. Um, this is, Spencer, when you do Molly, this is the type of reaction you have, right? Like you, you sort of start sweating. You don't know what's happening. You, you, the sounds aren't very clear. There's a lot of colors going in and out. Um, you lose all self-confidence. So, so Everything's tactile, right? Everything's tactile. You want, a lot, you want a lot of touching. That's what happens to you, right? So just to clarify, me just being in any social situation is the equivalent of me on Molly? Maybe if you did Molly, you would just be like, hello, darling. You'd turn into like Don Draper. Like, hey, how are you? So, uh-huh. so me on Molly would be a negative times a negative. I'd go positive finally. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take uh, two highballs here. One for me, one for the lady. Uh, I'm going to jump over the bar and make one for Hilton right now. <laughs> so Giuseppe sits down to play the piano and it is bad. It is not good. Then we get another drone shot. It's nighttime now. I love, I do love the structure of these episodes. You hit nighttime, you know, got 15, 20 minutes left. Like it's one day. Every episode it's one day. Yeah, um, cuts to Harper and Ethan. Harper is still being super quiet. Ethan, they're just in the room now. And Ethan is like, Ethan's like, are you like, what is going on with you? Like you've been a zombie all day. Tell me what's going on with you. Only thing she'll do is what you pointed out before is start interrogating him again. Yeah. Yeah. What happened yesterday? He says, he went jet skiing. They drank too much. She's like, who are you with? He says, well, we were alone. That's a lie. Except the people in the bar. He says, they were just random people. She's like, random girls or guys. He goes, random both. Point blank. What are you worried about? Now, Harper, you got to talk to your partner. You yeah. just got to. Tell him. You got to talk right. to your partner. Honey, I found a Durex in the couch. Let's discuss this. 
yeah, it's bottling shit up, but it's just this zoom. It makes you assume the worst and it makes you the monster. It makes you the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, cuts Cameron and Daphne knocking at the door. Uh, Ethan answers. They greet Ethan. And uh, then Har- Harper kind of perks up a little bit. Harper compliments Daphne's dress is going back to what we talked about last episode. It's that very easy woman complimenting other woman's clothing. Easy thing to do. Right. Mm-hmm. We've picked up on that. Ethan sort of stares into the distance. Cameron asks if he's coming, and off they go. It's one of those fun things, too, about the longer she doesn't ask him, but instead interrogates him, the less likely she's going to ask him, because now she's convinced that he would just lie. She's convincing herself that he's going to lie and hide all the details, because she's already certain of what he's done. So making it all, all, all the more unlikely she's ever going to ask him, or that when she does, that it would have anything resembling a productive conversation. She... Went to Noto with Daphne. Got to go to Noto. Got hot, got high, fell asleep, came back. She's done absolutely nothing wrong. But by not asking the question, assuming the worst, and operating as if the worst occurred, she's, this is the only, she's setting herself up to be the, the wrong one, yeah. right? Like, if she just tells the truth. I'm telling you, if you just tell the truth, life is so much fucking easier. Like, they, she, oh. god damn. I was, you know, I was getting really frustrated with which, this character. Which, fair point. Also, Which I think you're supposed to. I think all of us are supposed to. Also, uh, that's a fair advice to, to throw in Ethan's face right now. If you just tell the truth, everything will I be agree. easier. I agree. I'm focusing on a Harper 100% because uh, I, 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 I'm i driving home to ask what? the question point. He absolutely, and I mentioned it, that I would have done that. Yeah. Right? I, the first thing out of my mouth would have been like, can you believe this crazy guy? You're, it's actually, you know, if you if you frame it the right way, right, it's a good story. Yeah. Like, if you if you're willing to throw Cameron completely under the bus, it's a f- fucking hilarious. He story. should be willing to throw Cameron under the bus for so many reasons. But the reason you're going so hard on Harper is because you actually are invested in Harper. You like Harper, Ethan. I don't really like Ethan. I've, we're not. I'm, I'm at best indifferent to him. I like Harper though. I do, um, and it might be just the it might be the actress because I I just adore the actress. She's it might doing, just be that creeping up. Credit to her acting, she's doing great stewing. She is doing Cut so to- well with that. Cuts Tanya and Portia at dinner. Tanya is telling Portia that if you're looking for a, a friend, gay guys are really the best. This is another stereotype they're playing on, right? That yeah. like over the top flamboyant gay guys love older women and they like become girlfriends with them, right? Like this is just a stereotype from 30 years ago that they're reviving here. Yes. Uh, Portia just nods along. Tanya says, <clears throat> women are kind of depressing, but it's not their fault. They have a lot to be depressed about. Potential line of the episode. Mm. Tanya then mentions that Jack likes her. Yeah, I think Jack likes you. I think he does too. She's like, ah, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I oh, trust played off. And then the guys arrive before she can say if she likes him back. Mm-hmm. Jack sits down right away and is working it. I got to say, he's pretty good. He's good. Man knows <clears throat> his trade. And he sits right down. Did you miss me? He says he puts on he put on fresh underwear for her. Portia is not very good at the small talk because she goes, why did you shit your pants? It's like. I, I almost found that cute. It's so. It, it, he seems to respond well to it, but it's not. He was going to respond well to whatever she did. He's this a pro. Is fair. She, she's trying to be like playful and laugh it off. I agree, it's awkward, but I, I was almost charmed by it just because it's so awkward. It was really an like he's. I feel like he's like a nine on this. Like we're just going to go to the bar and flirt scale, and she's like at a three. And like they're sometimes they're having trouble. She's learning how to human, sir. Give her time. I agree. COVID generation. Um, so he says. Nope, these are my sexy underwear. He says, I'll model them for you later. And she's like, mm, we'll see about that. Uh, poor Giuseppe is just awful. And he seems to know it. He looks at me at one point shaking his head like, this is not going yeah. well. 
Cut to Bert. Hilarious, right? Because Bert previously, when Giuseppe was killing it, Bert was like, this guy sucks. Now he's like, worse than he's usual. worse than usual, yeah. which made me just die. <laughs> it was so funny. Bert's a funny guy. <laughs> I always sits down and asks him if he could skip dinner. He's found a friend, a her. Do, do you think Bert does Yelp reviews? Do you, th- do you think when he goes to an establishment like this, he actually leaves a, a detailed review on what he thought of, like, you know, the music, the ambiance, the quality of the food? I think he writes a letter to the editor of his local newspaper. Oh, God. Yeah, the, the, the little magazine you go look and find outside of restaurants still in this little, in this little booth. Mm-hmm. I think that's what he does, yeah. Ha- question for you. Um, if you're on a family vacation like this, um, at what point, I'm not saying we're there yet, but at what point is Albie starting to be rude by not wanting to hang out with his dad and granddad? Uh, he was already rude when he was bashing the Godfather and saying he was, you know, pointing out that he was embarrassed by them. That you know, start. start so you there. think, but, but yeah, well, let's 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 scratch that. Right? Okay. Let's just talk about this. Let's just talk about the skipping meals, skipping events with them, not wanting to hang out with them. I think some of that is appropriate. Sure. You don't want to be with somebody twenty four seven. I think he's starting to border into inappropriate because at this point he's tried to get away from them all day long. Yeah, it's like one of those things. Where this is a family trip. You're here with your parents for an explicitly family purpose. You and guy, well, fair. They should have discussed this earlier and set parameters, but they should have a certain expectation of at least one meal a day. Let's be together. I, th- I don't. I don't think that's too much Perfectly to ask fair. this kind of trip. Uh, I don't think it's too much to ask. Pretty much in any time. Uh, I think that's completely reasonable mm. um, with your family. Um, so uh, <laughs> he leaves, right? Yeah, and uh, Bert's is. like, uh, Bert's like, hey, Dominic. You jealous? <laughs> I love that Bert goes into that hard. Great question. Uh, and he goes, I am. I'm, I'm a little jealous. But, you know, I may never see a naked woman again in my life. But I saw I one did. today. I saw one today. He said, he explains that he walked in and those two girls that he had seen outside of Dominic's room were in his room. And he saw one half naked. And he loved it. He thought it was great. Made his day. Dominic is clearly concerned about this. First thing out of his mouth is, why were they in your room? Well, Dominic, they were in his room because you put them on the rooms. Yes. You put their names on the room. You gave them key cards. Run of the hotel. It's their room. Like, that's why. Uh, poor Giuseppe really struggling. He tries to get up. He falls over. Um, Daphne, Cameron, Ethan, and Harper see him. Uh, Mia tries to help him. Giuseppe says, call the priest. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, no, no. You are not dying. I'll tell you this about this shift. I know one thing about White Lotus. I know this. Is it the guy who overdosed on the drugs that we saw overdose? And we see falls down, and we see gets taken out on the paramedics. Does not die. No, I'll, promise. We also promise. Know, we also um remind me. Didn't Rocco also say that they were guests bodies that he found too? Yeah, he is not the dead one. Yes. I'm sure of it. Hundred percent. They, yeah. they they it's too on it's too too on the nose. No, uh, yeah, absolutely. Now, if you had to place a bet right now, uh, to what degree does this interfere with the arrangement that uh, he and Mia were looking to work out? That she damn near killed him. I don't know. I, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know how these arrangements work. This is your territory, Spencer. How would you? How would you change the contract? Oh, I, I, I was. If I was him, I'd be out. I mean, this is one of the things where I saw people online. You know, oh, poor Mia it didn't work out. I'm like, Mia kind of almost committed manslaughter. Just you know, right? Like you know, at least at least negligently. It's like she. Gave him two pills sight unseen just so she could make this work, regardless of what his potential health effect could be. And he suffers for it. This isn't a great moment for Mia for me. No, it's not at all. Um, she does stay by him. 
Um, but I think that she should have before, obviously before now said, Hey, I might've given you a blood, you know, like that thing. Um, yeah, it's a bad look for me as part, but you know, whatever. Uh, he was certainly, I mean, he, the only reason that they're interacting at all is because he was trying to like leverage his power over her to have sex with her. So fuck him. Mm. Who cares? Um, so then, uh, Lucia comes downstairs, right? And they have this beautiful moment where they're like, you're gorgeous, you're gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like they do that thing, right? And then um, Mia explains the whole situation uh, about Val- uh, about uh, Giuseppe, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty rough, right? Uh, Isabella also at one point walks out with Giuseppe and is telling him like, hey, don't die, don't die, the whole thing, right? And um, <laughs> Mia's like, hey, can I – Use the piano here. I'm like I, I, I can do opportunistic this. Opportunistic to the extreme. Well, but like the thing is, is that Valentina, like it's not now. Get away from me. Like she doesn't say no. Really? Why not? Why? Why would she not? Why would she? It's gonna sit quiet. Why wouldn't she say, "Yeah, go do one song, and I'll tell you." Cause, like because she has I, a grudge against the two girls. Exactly. Like because otherwise it would make perfect sense for her to go. Yeah, sure. I mean, if you, you're gonna do it for free, for fuck it. Yeah, who cares? She already did well at it once, but not the Valentina would knows that. I, I would. I think the answer here is to say you you play. You're willing to do this for free. Go do one song. I'll tell you. I think. Yeah. That's, well, that's trial by fire. Go. Right. Can't be. Can't be worse than the guy who was just screeching and almost died. Like huh. it can't be worse. Than um, so Lucia. So as, as Mia is filling Lucia in on all this stuff, she goes. Um, I gave him the pills and then he, <laughs> Lucia plays her. Lucia goes, he had a heart attack because you gave him Viagra. And she goes, maybe it wasn't Viagra. And she goes, no, it wasn't Viagra. <laughs> oh God. Don't, don't play this game. If you don't know the rules, Albie comes up and says, hello. Um, he says, let's go have dinner. But Lucia wants a drink first. I'd like to point out, still haven't seen Lucia eat anything. Fair. I hadn't realized that. Not even once she waves, on the show. She completely, she completely waves off dinner tonight. Uh, to just you can get calories in liquid form exclusively. You need to eat eventually. Trust me. You mm. need to eat eventually. Uh, Dominique says, I'll, uh, no, not Dominique. Uh, Albie says, uh, let me order some drinks. So he, he's trying to do like the all order for everybody thing, yes. right? And then they kind of correct him. It, it's it's he's just trying. perfectly Albie. He's it's perfectly trying. Albie, right? Perfectly Albie. Yes. Um, so then Bert... Oh, this is just gorgeous. Bert, through the glass, sees that the people who Albie wanted to meet is Lucia and Mia and points it out to Dominic. And Dominic just starts housing wine. He is just uncomfortable as I'll get out. Which, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I try to, I think that Albie should just say, your job's your job. It's fine. If I like you, I like you. But. I mean, I guess it is a little awkward that she had sex with his dad. I guess that is pretty awkward. Who's gonna Who's gonna spill the beans first, Lucia or Dominic? Dominic will. Yeah, Dominic totally. Will. He's gonna confront him with it like 100%. next episode. Your, your your ship is ruined. Uh, no, it's still gonna work because Albie took feminism. He's gonna know that that was her job, and he shouldn't hold it against her, and he should continue to have a relationship with her because she's a person and deserves that. Cuts dinner with Couples Retreat two. Did you ever see Couples Retreat one with Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston? No, nope, never Vince actually Vaughn did. No, no. Yeah, well, this is this is shaping up to be couples retreat too. Uh, Daphne is telling this story about a friend who has. This is here's my theory on this this conversation. I think that Daphne is noticing that Harper's completely out. She's just checked out. So Daphne brings in the big guns. This is her big. This is like the. This is like all right. I'm gonna bring the bazooka. Everyone's out here. gonna pay attention to this story. 
Cause her story is wild as fuck. It's I was doing this autism run with my fr- my friend who you know d- does this thing, and I was running next to this guy, and he fell over, and he died. That's the story. Anybody would turn would turn to stare. Three tables what? over. I'm looking. Going, the guy standing the right next to you fell over and died. Yeah. Like I would. Yeah, th- that's the big gun conversation. Just yeah, simply getting hauled out. out in the ambulance is going. Wait one second. I want to hear the rest of this. Unbelievable. Cuts to He's talking to Quentin and is thanking him, saying, I'm an advocate for distraction. My whole life is one long distraction. Like, I will Good just life. distract you for days. I love it. Uh, he then invites you to Palermo. Got to go to Palermo. Spencer's yeah. buying his tickets for Palermo right now. Sure. Um, he says they're having a really big party. That's a shocker, too. At a I villa? Mean, a big party. Is, it, is yeah. this the same ho- home in Palermo? Or is this also a, they have an additional place in Palermo? I think it's the same home. And they're going to go on the boat, maybe? I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. good. Um, yeah, he says he'll find her a well-hung heterosexual Italian. Um, I, I, <laughs> says, I, I love how he says I'm it married, too. and he's like, I won't tell, I won't tell. I love how he says it, too. And we'll find you a terribly well-hung Italian stud. Heterosexual, even. It's like, you know, if we have to, yes. Even, yeah, we'll pull one of those out of the discount rack. <laughs> not, um, not even by Properly heterosexual. Cuts with a shot of the hotel. It's, it's properly dark now, so we're running up to the end of the episode. <laughs> Quentin and uh, Tanya uh, walk by. Tanya says she hopes Giuseppe isn't dead. Quentin says, well, maybe they'll find someone who's better, basically. Maybe, maybe they'll find a better one. Cool. He, that, this guy, cold as fuck. Yes. He doesn't, like, little comments like that from people. Like, I would like this guy, Quentin, until I heard that. And then I'd go. Oh. Like, that's. What? Degrees like, That's not game. a joke. Yeah. Like, I, is it funny? Yeah. But it's not a joke I'm willing to tell. Yeah. Like, mm, we're on different pages here. Yeah. Jack goes to the bar. And Jack is ordering like Spencer. All of your guy friends ordered ten years ago. Yeah, no, fifteen years ago. How old are we? We're, we're sort of in terms when we of were about twenty. When we were about twenty-two, and we drug you to a bar you didn't want to go to. Yeah, this is how we ordered. I'll take two gin and tonics, two Jägermeisters, two Red Bulls, two pack of Marlboro Reds if you got them back there. Like, I want the, let's just roll. Do you have, do you, do you have dip? Can we have a few cans? Put them on the bar right here. How old do we think Jack is? Jack is about Porsche's age, right? Maybe a year or two older? Yeah, 21, 22. Yeah. He's young. This is screaming, this is right, I am yeah. 21, 22. That's a, that's a, that's a hell of an order. Gin and tonic, Jägermeister, Red Bull. And Portia's like, just give me the gin and tonic. But she finds this charming. She likes yeah. this whole act. She's into it, right? Across she, the bar, I'll be She wants a dude in... bro right now. That's what she's after. She, yeah, she's got a, a British dude bro. And what is our stance on the, the Britons right now? Uh, what, are we, what is our, our stance on the English? I've never said this before, but I'll do it for you. Fuck the Britons. Fuck them all the day. Hell yeah. We're going to uh, beat them. Which, oddly enough, is also Portia's mindset right now, too. Fuck the British. That's right. Yeah. We can play on words. Across the, uh, the bar is Albie and Lucia. Uh, notice Lucia still not eating. Um, they see each other and it's sort of awkward, right? Uh, Albie and Portia. It seemed to me during this interaction that Portia liked the awkwardness. She enjoyed that this was happening. She seemed, she was flush. She was smiling. She never seemed really upset about it. She was always giggling when she was talking about it. It seemed to me like she liked it. I don't know if that's just me. Then, being unfair or not, I don't I th- know. I think that's reasonable. She does do like the. Little I don't token. like Portia. I think she does. She does every now and then like the little token. Yeah, I should go. I should leave, but it's in the form of convince me not to. It, Basically, it, it feels performative. It feels like she's enjoying a certain element of the kind of awkwardness, voyeurism, charged atmosphere that's now coming into things. She's here for the drama, and she's getting it. Yeah, I think she she does like that. 
these two guys ostensibly are are there for her. Um, so uh, <laughs> Portia tells Jack they should leave, right? Mm-hmm. Jack says, uh, what's wrong? Why? Portia says, I feel bad. Jack looks over at the table at Albie and Portia. And I, this is the funniest moment of the episode to me. He just goes, he's doing all right. He's having a fucking great time. I love that line. <laughs> I love that line. It actually got me kind of in on My favorite line of the episode. Got me sure. even more in on Jack. It's like, Jack's yeah, just he here too. for it. Jack's just here for everybody to he have was, fun. He was really funny in this episode. Like, funny to me, not just like funny like he's sitting on a girl. Because she also, at one point toward, uh, toward the end, she goes like, let's go to the room. And he just goes, fuck it, right. Like, yeah. <laughs> he really made me laugh. Right. So, Portia says, he's so sweet. And, um, she's going to like play and like she broke his heart or something. I mean, they've only been like talking to each other for like two days. Jack just goes, yeah, he's lovely. But you clearly want to make him jealous, so let's make him jealous. The man's got a read on the situation, and I think he's got a, you know, full, a full, full couple fingers on the pulse of it. Good call, sir. Absolutely. And he, by the way, I made my position on this perfectly clear a couple episodes ago. I always ask. I, you know what? If I ask a girl, hey, I want to, I want to kiss you. Is that okay? Um, of course, I'm married now, but like hypothetically, and yeah, the yeah. girl says, and the girl says no, because I asked. Then I'm willing to lose that one. Very much. I'm so okay with that. Yeah, That's sure. my position. But in this situation, it does seem Jack reads it right because he just goes right in, and that seems like what she wanted. Yeah, it seems like pointedly. Point that we're going to see is that every moment in terms of how they, you know, physically interact, Jack does not ask. He deduces. He reads. He acts. And he she's does the Spencer. For it. He doesn't ask. He does the Spencer. That's what we're calling this now. We're calling that. <laughs> Cut that. Remove it. No. (laughs) Stop having that out on the record. So far, Mark, I pushed you with this before you finally pushed back. So um, then uh, Lucia, as soon as she starts kissing Jack, right, Albie sees it. He gets uncomfortable. He says, I want to leave. He starts just almost like mumbling, just going through his, going through like the same little resume that Portia introduced him by. It's like, you know, I graduated and I went to Stanford and I went home and. He doesn't know what to do. He's getting more and more uncomfortable. Now he's seeing this thrown in his face. He just wants to retreat. And social master that Lucci is, she also reads it perfectly. This was a cheer-worthy moment of the episode for me. When she just looks at him and she goes, don't let her win. And then kisses him. It's like... Wah! Like I yeah. was like fist pumping, Absolutely. like good, like she's the best. I do. I if she ends up dead, Spencer, I will be mightily upset. Mightily. What do we make of how Portia reacts to seeing that? Uh, she leaves. That's the only thing that makes her leave. If he Isn't just sat that there, that, interesting. Yeah, that's. I don't like Portia. I know. <laughs> I you think don't. I'm. Setting you I up. think I'm getting. I think I'm getting a lot Start of like rant, reasons. Sir. I want to hear the answer, be, Well, because. If he, when he was sitting there uncomfortable, she was totally willing to stay. I mean, she was doing that, oh, you twisted my arm thing, but she was totally willing to stay. She was totally willing to sit there and kiss that guy and continue to look over at him, by the way. Just like she was still making eyes and looking at him. But when he starts having fun, he starts kissing someone else. She can't take it. She has to leave. Yeah. So I think that the all, I think that this is evidence that she just likes the idea that two guys are into her. And the, and the moment that one guy goes, okay, you're not into me. I'm out. She can't take that. She doesn't like it. Credit to Lucia for reading that beautifully. I'm telling she look, she is there's a lot of Padwans, and she has cut her braid. She is a fucking Jedi master. And and that's why she's she's handling this so much more gracefully than anybody else in this situation. Damn straight. 
Um, they leave, and uh, but that, this is when we get the moment where Portia goes, "Let's go to my room." And Jack just grabs his drink and goes, "Fuck it, right?" <laughs> he just takes off. <laughs> a funny guy. Lucia tells Abby, "I think we won." Making him, you know what she's doing here? She's giving him confidence. Yeah, she's making him feel good about himself. It's a kind thing to do. It's, like, it's, shout out to her. It's exactly what he needs, by the way. And he's point, he's pointedly giving him an independent victory, separate from anybody else. Of where previously Alfie's definition, Alfie's definition for a win was supporting somebody else. This is him just doing what he wants in a way. I, I don't know if it's foreign to him, but it's certainly not the life he's been living for a long time. Cut to Dominic in his room, trying to watch porn. Eventually just loses steam, closes the laptop. It's like, dude, find something else to occupy your mind. He doesn't God, know I, how. I got a suggestion. I got a suggestion, Dominique. Lord of the Rings. Read it. Read cover Lord of the cover. Rings. Cover to cover. That's what he needs to do. He needs to do something. Like, don't just sit there and pine over the thing you can't do. That's never That's never he helpful in any situation. He doesn't know how to do anything else. This is his only... This is his only shtick. And I say shtick very pointedly here. Uh, LOL. Yeah, you're, you're 100% right. But that I, I, but I, as the person who espouses to know everything on this podcast, I'm trying to give him some advice. But you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, he can't, he, this is his problem. But it, that's the frustrating part. Is it like. You know what you should do? You, you know what you should if do? If you can't do this anymore, then do something else. You, 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 what you should do is put on his bird hat. Go out in the town. Just go, go do something. Just, I don't think he needs to go out on the town. Maybe not him. There's other ways he could go out of the town to have fun, but him out of the town right now, that's true. Maybe a recipe for disaster. I think he needs to stay in his room and read a book mm-hmm. and get his mind on something else. That's, I don't know. He He's a mess. Uh, he might need professional help. If he truly is a, a sex addict, then he probably needs to go somewhere for a while and like arrest that you know problem. Uh, cut to Daphne. Yes. Uh, she gets in bed with Cameron and they snuggle up. Why? Aren't they Perfect cute? marriage. Perfect marriage. Yeah, Spencer. absolutely. And they never fight, you know? Never fight. Never fight. He says, uh, don't you ever leave me again? And she says, I won't. I promise. It's so fucking fake. It really is fake. It, like, I'm with Harper here. That, this whole exchange is fake. It's interesting, too. She snuggles in and looks snug as a bug at a rug. He, when he's holding her, looks pensive in a way that I found interesting. He doesn't so, look comfortable when he's holding her right then and there. Here's why I think he's not comfortable. Because he is seeing Harper that upset, and he's thinking that Ethan told Harper what happened, and he's thinking that it will eventually get back to Daphne. This is this is his concern, hundred percent. And that's going to lead to the two of them playing off each other here in the next episode. So sometimes when I'm doing my my quote my about my notes, I'm, I'm having to type really fast, right? Because I'm trying to catch quotes and I'm trying to catch stuff, and the show is going, and I don't want to pause it a million times. So I was just doing stream of consciousness with this scene. Here's what I wrote. She says she won't leave him again. She promises, ugh. But that's obviously weird bullshit talk between the two of them. Harper is right. Fuck these two. <laughs> Look at you being all kinds of Harper judgmental right now. Look at you. I didn't like, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Felt fake. Cuts Harper's in the bathroom. She looks in her bag, gets the condom wrapper out, leaves it on the counter, Spencer. That's going to be a problem later. Whoa. So your, your theory here, potentially, I know you don't like to commit to anything, yeah, 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 a yeah, potential yeah, thing. Yeah. Is that he might see that and think that she was cheating. Yep, that's my theory. I, I, I think it's very possible. He has no reason to think there's a condom in the bathroom. There wasn't he also a is not going. He's also not going to recognize the wrapper because it was Cameron who was using it. Yes, so he's going to see next to her bag in a bathroom in a way that wasn't there before because he's been in that bathroom many times. There is a condom. What else is he going to think? So she goes in for third time. Third interrogation. Mm-hmm. 
Harkening back to harkening back to the harkening back to the Bible, as Spencer pointed out earlier. <laughs> and she says, "What happened?" Nothing, nothing. I told you. He does actually break down though. And he says, I, well, there's one thing that happened. And she's like, like, okay, tell me. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Cameron asked me to invest money with him. So that's probably the reason he invited us on the vacation. That is another thing that I would have been all over wanting to tell my wife. I'd have been like, fuck these people. Like, <laughs> we're only, it's a work trip. We're, we're marks. We're, this is like, this is like he's trying to t- sell me a timeshare in Kissimmee. Like, fuck these carny people. I would be out, man. It's surprising to me that this does not come out till right now mm-hmm. yeah. do you think why do you think that is spencer why do you think ethan doesn't tell Daff or harper this immediately a because it's awkward and it's going to color how they perceive the rela- perceive the interacting with them going forward in a way that harper's already struggling anyway so he did not want to add things to her b i don't i think he doesn't want to admit to harper that she's 100 percent right and was right from the very goddamn beginning just because she as we've seen she'll be smug uh, and C, I really don't think he wants to talk about anything that happened that evening at all. I think he's just trying to box her out entirely. So I have like a, a kind of a, it's kind of what you said. I think he's embarrassed. I think he's embarrassed because I think he's been sure. telling her, yeah. this is my friend. This That's is my friend. This is it. my friend. And now he realizes like, well, we're really not that good of friends. Right. And it, it doesn't seem to me like he's a social butterfly. So he might just be embarrassed. Right. Um, so Harper says, is that it? And he's like, what are you worried about? And finally, she just goes, fuck it. Nothing. And rolls over and goes to bed. Mm-hmm. So then we have to end the episode. We have these dueling scenes, like dueling pianos at a late night honky tonk bar in Nashville. Yep. They're just on the other sides and you could just see them right on the screen. It's for your comparison. Everybody watch. Please describe scene them in one. detail. <laughs> scene one, Jack and Portia, they've had a few. Uh-huh. Jack is modeling his sexy underwear. Gotta say, nice underwear. Very nice underwear. Shout out to the man. Shout out to the man. For a 21-year-old, he spent some money on underwear. Shout out to him. He then starts kissing her. They fall on the bed. Oh, boy. Uh, I do think there was a leg separation that we saw, which I think they, they blocked that to tell us that they're going to have sex. I think that's They that's also the block it to say at no way. point is he saying confirming her consent out loud. No, he no, is, no, 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 no. He is acting and she is responding. Yeah. And cut to Albie and Lucia. She's well, – I'm going to have you explain this. Uh, she is greasing the weasel. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, anyway, he wraps uh, it up. That's from The Sopranos, so I th- thought it was appropriate. Uh, God, all The Sopranos references with Dominic, you're doing you're doing some, some behind-the-scenes stuff here. Um, so he wraps it up. He does ask her if it's okay to, to wrap up the session. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't give a response, but I think she kind of does. Uh, she gets up and she just walks over to the bathroom smiling along the way. Spencer... Did you think she was going to charge him here? No. No, I did not. Did it ever, did it cross your mind that she would charge him? No, no, it did not once we reached this point. Me, I had the thought, obviously. I've, I've asked What was your percentage? So likelihood, in this moment, what percent of you thought that she might charge him? 80 20. I, that she wouldn't, that she would, right? Mm-hmm. 80 80 that she wouldn't. I, it was almost, I was rooting that she wouldn't. And it's not because, like, she doesn't deserve to get paid for what she does. That's not the point. The point was, I was hoping she really likes him. Like, I'm hoping that they have something kind of real here. You're you're trying to ruin it with this whole, like, just she slept with his dad thing. Like, that matters. I mean, my God. Like, you're, you're trying <laughs> you to sully so this, this new romance. You are so It's hilarious. They are 
You're so you're so fucking deep in a ruinous romance here. I will say that if and when that occurs, when Dominique spills the beans, Lucia has to kind of answer to Albie and explain that she did, in fact, have sex with his dad, and Albie wants to cut it off and the whole thing. I'm just going to blame you. Just blaming you. All the way around. Anyway, that's the end of the episode. End of the recap. <laughs> you know, I thought about it. You know the other person who could spill the beans? Bert. Bert? Bert would totally spill the beans. Next breakfast, I don't. Bert ask will about not, the girl. There is 0% chance Bert will. Really? 0%. Yes, Bert will be a hundred percent behind Albie being with her. He's he's going to want Dominic to play it cool. He's going to be like, "Don't fuck this up." Interesting. Don't that's, screw that's this a good up. Call. Don't no. Don't don't mess this up for Albie. I mean, he he like look. Bert likes other people having fun, handling, ha- having themselves. fun. He also probably thinks that Dominique could take some notes from Albie. Keep it, keep it a little tighter, right? It's not like Albie has music blaring in his room at two o'clock at night. In fairness, in fairness to Dominic, purely from just what he can see, I know I'm, I'm, going, I'm saying horrible things right now. What the fuck? What he knows about Lucia is that she accepts money for services. You think that he's going to think that she's charging Albie. Or that she's tricking him or manipulating him or something along those lines. Yes, I can see his mindset going that way. Of That might be why they have the conversation. That, and that, that's hey, a fair point. That's a fair thing for your dad to check on. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. I, now, I, I don't know what mindset Dominic's going to bring. There's an age when it isn't. There's an age when it isn't. When when you're like 35, then it's like, mind your business. But he's like 21. I do think that's probably he's 21. Change. He's also Albie. Between those two. That's a, that's a fair it's point. A fair you, you don't thing. think Albie has a lot of experience with sex workers? I don't think Albie has a lot of experience, just period, any subject matter. I think I mean, his description of his life was, I went to college, then I went home. I bet, he read, we, I bet he's read Lord of the Rings. I don't know if he has. Read it. I think he probably I bet he has. no. You know, I think I think you'd be disappointed by what the, this man's going to try to say to you about Lord of the Rings right now. I think he's. I, I, I think he heard about Lord of the Rings in his women's studies class and has very negative views about it. Nah, I bet he's read the Similarian. I bet he's all there. He's all there. <laughs> well, well, he wasn't. While well, he wasn't partying at Stanford, I bet that's what he was doing. Uh, okay, and to recap, Spencer, I think it's best line of the episode. Time. Do you have nominees for me? I got a few for you. Yeah. Woo! Uh, early on, uh, this would be Portia and Tanya. But he's nice and smart, and he went to Stanford, and he's not non-binary. I just, I adored that line for some for some reason. It's pretty funny. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. No, but it, it's interesting what she's prioritizing right here. I'm also just trying to uh, scrape from the bottom of the barrel. Uh, I actually liked, um, sorry, Quentin? Is that the name of the British guy? Quentin. Quentin, yeah, you're, you're, you, what, you said you were on Team Quentin. Yeah, you forgot his name. Me and names, you know this. Uh, all the women here dress like I'm Lee, by the way, Lee, L E. I thought you were Terry. Uh, all the women mm. here dress like they're going to a funeral on the beach. I like that description. <laughs> it really put a visual in my mind of what the women are wearing. Yeah, uh, important. Not a great line, but I think it's an important line because it felt like it's another possibly foreshadowing a red herring. All whores are punished in the end. I hope this don't Spencer. Don't no. I'm here. No, don't say that. I'm here to be negative and make you come with me. Uh, don't. Ugh, ugh. I don't even like that you said that. No, but she will not be. She's just working like any other job. Uh, and also, we talked about two trains passing. I think they're heading in different directions, and so who's wearing that label by the end might surprise us. Uh, from Jack. Oh shit. If you want, if you want to have an adventure, stick with me because I know how to have fun in the sandbox. If you know what I mean. 
No, I, I don't. don't. I was going to wait for you to finish you off. Thank mean, you. No, I don't. Uh, also, Quinn, Isola Bella, there's a story attached to the island. Yeah? Quip. Yeah, there's a house on it. It was owned by a wealthy Swedish family, and the old matriarch was the last one living in it. Mysterious music playing. I like that again. And there were these powerful local investors, if you know what I mean, who wanted the house. Oh. wanted the island. The old battle you know axe with They made her all kinds of offers, and then one day, her body was found in a heap on the bottom of the rocks. They killed her? Oh my god. Yeah, but now the house is open to the public, so maybe it was worth it. It's A, a great story, and B... He doesn't give a fuck. It's it's revealing about the two characters, about her starry-eyed dreamer kind of interaction with the world, and him giving two shits. Nah, he doesn't care. And then he also says later, like, my whole life's a, uh, my whole life's a distraction. Like, this is a, this is a, this is a fun guy, but it's not a guy you get too close to. Don't get too close to him. I got got here. Oh, good. Well, I'm a huge advocate for distraction. My whole life has has been one long distraction. Another revealing line. Uh, also from him, uh, mm, oh yeah. You're, all, you're here with just your assistant, right? No, no, no. I, I actually came here with my husband. Uh, but, but he left. He left you alone in Sicily. Why would he leave you? It's a long story. And Well, we have all day. Tell me everything from the beginning. Well, I was born in San Francisco. Oh, from the very <laughs> beginning. Okay. Funny. Well, the funny exchanges from the episode. Um, also from Quentin. I've got a lot of lines from Quentin. Man, man's a, a line machine. Best thing about luck. It can always change. Do you really believe that? No. Uh, <laughs> Jack and Portia. Missed me? A little. Did you miss me? I put on my fresh underwear for you. Why? Did you shit your pants? <laughs> Yo, they're my sexy underwear. Oh, I put them on for special occasions, don't I? Uh, it's alright. I'll molly for them later. Well, we'll see about that. It was a fun exchange between the two, even if it, she has a hell of a, a responsive line. Uh, Bert and Dominic. Jealous of what? Oh, come on. A little? No. I am a little. I may never see a naked woman again. Although, I did see one today in my room. The same girls I saw coming out of your room yesterday were in my room today. I walked in on them and one of them was half naked. What were they doing in your room? I have no idea, but it was a nice surprise. (laughs) It was a nice... It was a good day. Yeah. It Bert, was a good day. Bert, Bert had a good day. First entry on Bert's journal. Today was a good day. Good day. Three days in. Yeah. Good day. Uh, let's see here. Uh, hey, hey, those it's also from Bert. Hey, those girls. The ones from uh, those are the girls. The ones in my room. Now Albie's with them. Hey, like father, like father, like son. Like father, like father, like son. Great that is, line. Ooh, that is funny. Um, that, that's actually all I got for this one. Okay. Best line of the episode, season two, episode four. In the tradition of all Mancom Talks podcast, I am going to select one that Spencer did not pick. It is Jack talking to Portia. He's doing all right. He's having a fucking great time. Great line. Should have included it. Wonderful line. Reason I include it is because I didn't think it was that serious of an episode. Yeah. It was a pretty silly episode. It was a pretty silly line. This episode, I think, was made to kind of ring you back into the ring you back into the white lotus sphere, which is the absurd. The funny, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the edge of your seat, the awkward. That's what this episode did for me, and that's what this line did for me. So shout out Jack. Jack's a funny guy. I hope he hope he doesn't turn sideways. I hope he's okay. We will Never see. Never know. We will see. There's a lot to come when it comes right. to both Jack and his clan. Now, this is what a lot of people listen for every week. They want to know, Spencer. They would like to know who you think 
is the best vacation partner of the week and the worst vacation partner of the week. I'm going to do somebody different this week. I'm going to go with Quentin. Quentin sounds like a hell of a fun vacation partner. He takes so he's you best to, vacation partner. I'm going to say he's best vacation partner. He takes you fun Got places. He, he has always a witty line attached. He tells fun stories. Fun seems to circle around him. Is he a bit cutting with his lines? Yes. But for a single vacation, it could be entertaining. Okay. Worst vacation partner of the week. Cameron. Cameron is just Ooh. causing so many problems and inviting you to participate in so many lies and other issues. And also, you just learned complete, last episode he's a complete sack of shit. And, as said, lowest realm, rung of hell, shorts prostitutes. Unacceptable. Yeah. Uh, so, my vac- best vacation part of the week is Lucia, obviously, this week. Uh, she crushed this episode. Call. She crushed this episode. Her social. I was impressed by her social graces. Her ability to read situations, Adept. read rooms, help people along. Like she's she's so good that not, she's not not only is she comfortable, that's that's a given. She makes she's doing things her. to help other people come. Love her. I, I, that is that is my kind of person to be around. Shout out Lucia, she's the best. Even yeah. though you're trying to sully her new relationship, I, you're well, trying to make everything I, I, bad. I also say this for a very giving, a very giving person. Just you know, I'm just impressed. And you made it dirty. Unbelievable. Yes. I can't believe my co host. Worst vacation partner of the week. Uh, it's got to be Cameron. And I hate picking the same one as you, but when you short a prostitute, you're on my shit list for fucking life. I mean, mm-hmm. that is like, you're down there in the ice block with Satan and, and Judas and the whole thing. That's where you are in that rung of hell. You can't short yeah. a prostitute. He is obviously, he was always going to be on my, my shit list this now, week. Now, do we want to give him some measure of credit? Maybe not as a result of him personally, but what his actions bring about? He's such a shit that he did have Lucia questioning her life decisions and going possibly in a different route. Yeah, well, but when you have to be such an asshole, like, nah, that, no, he gets no credit for that. <laughs> um, that is completely circumstantial. Now, let's say, let's play it out. Play it out, play it out. Let's say he actually does give the money in the envelope, in the front desk, in full. Then who is your worst vacation partner of the week? Still Cameron? Still Cameron. Still Cameron. Okay. He, he's yeah. digging that level of depths. Yeah, because for me, it's Harper then. Then it's Harper, and it's because mm. she won't have the conversation. And that is a real problem because there, something happened that's not good, obviously. Her spouse but is you are, from her. But, but you're now the problem because you're making assumptions. You're operating on those assumptions. You're not talking. You're manipulating. by leave it. It's a very manipulative move to leave the condom up there and not say anything. She's questioned him three times instead of just asking the real the question that she wants to ask. She's a problem. Harper's a problem this episode. Okay. You know who, who my fallback is for worst vacation partner? Hmm. Dominic for the single meanest line we've seen yet in both seasons of White Lotus. How did I fucking miss that? I take it back. I, that, I, I was wrong. That, hey, look. Sometimes, Spencer, you have to be a bigger man and admit you were wrong. I was wrong. Scratch the record. Not Harper. Dominic, you're 100% right. I'm so glad that you're willing to do that. Uh, Dominic's the worst. He might. Fuck it. He might. No. You can't short a prostitute. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. If, if there wasn't a short in the prostitute, maybe it's a different situation. Can't but... do it. Can't do it. But he, Dominic's really bad. That was awful. Yeah, the good call. I can't believe I forgot that. I, I feel like with Dominic, we got to see a little bit behind the facade there, and it ain't pretty. I mean, Cameron was he always sticks. on the surface. We knew he was a shit. Dominic, we may have had a certain element of hopes for. That wasn't a good moment. That was awful. All right. Here we go. Best segment of the week. What everybody tunes in for. What they want to know, Spencer. Who do you think dies? Okay. We can't say Greg. We can't. He's not in the episode. He's not all. even on the episode. Can't say Greg this time whatsoever. Uh, I'm gonna say I was kind of setting it up. Mia, Mia dies. Prostitutes always punished in the end. 
Mia's going more that route. I think they're setting it up. I think it's going to be some degree of issue. I think she's going to be in some way tied to her going out and fighting for her dreams. And it's going to hurt. It's going to be tragic. But I'm 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 swallowing this red herring whole. That's the one. I, I think I, I think that one's gotten even more likely this week. Okay. All right. So give me I can't give me one. Greg. Give me one. Yeah. So I'm going to pick Mateo. Mateo. Um, I'm yeah. Sure. Explain. Because they something has to happen with this group of gay guys that Tanya's with. They did. They, this is White Lotus. They didn't just meet so that they could have pleasant conversations and hang out. Something sideways is going to happen with this group. Mm-hmm. And Mateo's all he's nose first in everything. He's out there. He's nose first. Quentin seems like a pretty fucking cutthroat guy. And I don't think he'd be too concerned if Mateo kicked off. He doesn't seem too concerned with anything. I don't think he'd be um, nervous. So he might, he might either facilitate it if it has to happen or not care uh, or step in. Something has to happen with these guys, right? Because they did, they didn't just, they spent a lot of time with them and it's not just to give us Jack. They could have given us Jack at the hotel bar. They already gave us Jack. Something has to happen here, and there has to be an other side of this. And it can't just be all sun roses Jack, or uh, sunshine and flowers. Jack's old po- is, is a old pointy nips from last episode, right? Yeah, we already got him. At the yeah, pool. yeah, we didn't, we didn't need to. We yeah. So something has to happen with these gay guys. I think it's going to be dark because it's White Lotus, and I think if anybody in that group is going to die, Mateo's the guy they're setting up because he's just sort of like the dog on a leash. Okay, okay, fair one, fair one. Uh, me, Ethan. I think they I think they're doing a red herring with respect to Harper. I think we've been talking too much about Cameron. Ethan, I think, is on a death watch because he's got too many characters around him that are planning, that are pondering, that are manipulating, and he's trying to be idle and non committing. I think that's gonna expose him to all kinds of danger and disaster going forward. Not only necessarily from other people, but maybe even potentially self inflicted once everything goes to hell. Because Harper not in character, Ethan maybe. I don't think Harper will kill herself like the little weird foreshadowing thing we had. I think Ethan's going to. I think that's I think that's the switcheroo they're giving us. I, is that her I husband's going to do it? I agree. That he. I think she's going to fuck Cameron to get back. Quote, get back at him mm. for this thing. He's going to find out. He's not going to be able. He's going to gonna find it. out. Can't take it. Ends it right there. I yeah, think that's, that's very that's possible. Darkness. Yeah. Is that your second yeah. bet too? You're agreeing with me on the second choice. Okay. I agree with you on the second choice. Third choice. Let's go different. You first. <laughs> Okay, um, Valentina. Valentina, interesting. We yeah, I think that, we didn't talk much yes. about the single most awkward scene of the episode in terms of her and Isabella and that fucking brooch. Exactly. So I think that what we got, I think they're fucking with us. I think that the scene we got with Isabella and Rocco is not the end. That's not the end of that day. Mm-hmm. That's the start of that day, right? Because that's the day that Daphne's going to fly out. It's the morning. I still think you have the whole rest of that day. And I think by the end of it, it's all said and done, Valentina, Valentina will be dead. Interesting. I, that, I think that's it. That, that's, that's a way to look at, cause otherwise it becomes so formulaic. It's like, Hey, here's a body. Here's the whole week. And then the reveal. And then you're done. If they, if, if they give us a sort of faux reveal and then there's more to it after that, that's a way to sort of fuck with expectations. I'm going to give another innocent soul for people. I think are very possible to die in the show. Jack. Oh, come on. I think Jack's going to get caught in the middle of everybody else's relationship and romantic drama and be an innocent casualty of it. I think people are either going to assume bad things about him or he's just going to get in the middle of a fight or whatever else and he's going to get accidentally killed. And I've seen that coming for that character. 
Holy smokes. How about that? So, several new characters we hit is likely to die this week, but hey, Greg's out of the picture. I'm sure he'll be back on the list here shortly. Okay, there we go. That's our death theories for the week. Spencer, anything else you want to cover before we wrap up? Yeah, it's it's fun when we both like an episode for different coming from it from certain different perspectives. But this was this episode was a lot of fun. It, as you said, it felt more traditional. It still had a certain undercurrent of tension, of threat, of violence that I liked as well. I the theories are rife this week for who's going to die. We've got a whole new list of characters to even ponder with respect to it, and I don't trust any of them. And I don't trust any of their motives or what they're going to do next. And God, does that make it fun to see them interact. I'll say this. I think that I've had a blast with these four episodes talking with you, right? Mm. I, this is great. This is a lot of fun. But the most fun is going to be had in the last three episodes. Like the, yeah. the, it is building. Like the, all of yeah, this is, is building. All of this is building. The most fun we're going to have is in the next three episodes. Because that's when all hell's going to break loose. Did you see the, the next song? Did you see that? I put. I actually didn't this time. No. So the next on was not a traditional next on episode. It was in the weeks ahead. Ooh. So they gave you footage for the next three weeks. It's all blow the roof off. The foundations are going to explode. Bombs are coming. All hell's breaking loose, Spencer. We are going to have a lot of fun breaking down what's going to happen here in the next few weeks. So I, I can't wait to do it. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, this is a White Lotus Review Podcast. We'll be with you every eh, Tuesday, Wednesday after the episode to talk for the next three weeks, and then we'll wrap up White Lotus Season 2. If you like what you're listening to, I can't imagine you got two and a half hours in, and you don't like what you're listening to, uh, just type in Mangum Talks in your favorite podcast provider. You can check out all of our other stuff, and please rate, review, subscribe. We care about that stuff. We listen to that stuff, and we want your feedback. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be with you next week. Go USA! Go USA!